The blind stares of a million pairs of eyes Looking hard but won't realize That they will never see the pee MoFax with Adam Curry for January 5th, 2022 It's episode number 73 We're back from a short holiday break I'm Adam Curry coming to you from the heart of Texas Hill Country And time once again to spin the wheel of topics From here to snowy northern Virginia Please say hello to my friend on the other end Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. MoFax how you doing, Adam? I am good, Mo. How, how's Northern Virginia? <laughs> <laughs> well, I am uh, snowed in by uh, association. Thank you very much. Uh, you all went through it in Austin last year with the oh oh. The you're gonna you're gonna outages. blame you're gonna blame Texas now. Is that what you're doing? Well, the universe had to be balanced. You went through it last year. I got to go through <laughs> it this year. So <laughs> now, so you, we're fully balanced. Did you lose power? Yes, I did. And did the um, generator did the generator work? I actually didn't haven't had the generator installed yet. Oh, I had to put. Oh no! Due, due, due to the uh, you know the involuntary vacation I'm on, I pause all big purchases. Yeah, I got so you. So that was on. that was one of them. Oh, uh, that sucks so bad. Ours ours yeah. just came in. It's it's being installed. Uh, I think next week, and I'm hoping like because you know we had. Uh, 14 degrees the other day I'm like if it's if we had had some precipitation you know everything iced mm-hmm. up it would have been horrible and, and that's what happened here it was uh it snowed that morning it was a wet heavy sticky snow mm-hmm. so it was like the, all the trees would double over and I, I was telling my wife i was like yeah we're gonna get have to get out of here so Oh, we brother. luckily enough got a couple of hotel rooms uh, and made it like a in-town vacation kind of thing for the kids uh-huh. Um, and yeah, I just got home like yesterday. Oh wow! So, I didn't yeah. even know that. I didn't know you were in a hotel. Yes, and and the thing is, I'm lucky because a lot of people were stuck on on I-95 the highway on I ninety five. Yeah, yeah. So I'm 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 blessed to be in the situation re- I'm in. And reminder: people always have some water in your car. Always have a couple of bottles of water. No matter and what, Taco Bell's packets, Taco Bell packets, uh, <laughs> nine millimeter helps. Uh, yeah. These are all things that are very important. Um, on the on the job front, how are we doing? I don't know. I'm so still they, in limbo. Uh, when when are they going to tell you something? It's the twenty fourth. Oh, bro, um, this is this is so frustrating. Well, I have my intel sources on the inside, uh, and they've went full code red is sending everybody back home work from home mm-hmm. uh so i don't know how this is going to play out i'm planning out like um <laughs> I'm, I'm on my second career so i'm i'm not really pressed about it uh i like to thank all the producers you know for uh helping out um that takes the worryation down a little bit uh, of course i'm not worried just that just the uncertainty of it all but family's okay though me. family's okay Every, great christmas uh, I'm not gonna let this kind of thing wear me down. So right. uh, I mean, that's 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 the main thing. And like I said, the kind words. I, I don't know if you. I mean, of course you knew, but people didn't know we had a Christmas special on the YouTube channel. Um, Mama Fact stopped by. Oh gosh! Um, oh my goodness! How was that? Yeah, it was great. She came through, and like I said, we had a Christmas special, <laughs> oh. and of course. The reason for the season, she came and done what she's done for the last, I know, 41 years, mm-hmm. um, maybe almost 50 years now, read the actual Christmas story, the, ah. the actual biblical Christmas story. Beautiful. Um, so I shared that with the Fax family. That was my gift to them. 
if you haven't seen it, it's still up. So go check it yeah, out. Yeah, I'll put uh, a, a link to it in the I'll put a link to it in the show notes. People definitely yeah. need to check it out. That's so cool, man. Very cool. Yep. So and um here we are. Uh we've been to twenty twenty two. It's a lot of serendipity with the uh show that we're about to have now. So if you want to go ahead and spin yes, that wheel. Yes, I, I've been di- yes, dying to crank it up. Are you kidding me? That's right. There it is. Oh, wheel of topics flies around in circular motion. Round and round it goes where it stopped. Nobody knows. But of course, Mo knows because he put the show together today. The topic for Mo Facts with Adam Curry, episode 73 is... Y'all never heard of Juicy Smoothie? <laughs> oh, yeah. I've been waiting for this one. <laughs> yeah, well, I've been waiting for it. Nice. Oh, Juicy. I have. I'm very grateful to uh, Jesse Smollett, aka Juicy, um, because if there's no Juicy, there may not be any more facts. Say what now? Yes. All right. So I got to give them give their abbreviated uh, did you, did, version did, of this story. Did you like how I delivered that line? I mean, was that like say what now? I mean, that was like a sitcom. Man, that, <laughs> it was a it was a, it was a cliffhanger. It's like okay, now I have to live up to uh, delivery on the other end of it. But of course, uh, for people that didn't know, um, how I got my start in this commentating, podcasting, just uh, sharing my perspective is um, Star for Star, Star Report. Yeah, yeah, yes. Well, he asked a question. Uh, he asked, um, why did Jesse Smollett leave the noose on his neck? And <laughs> I had to answer. And the funny thing is, just to give a quick why I had to answer, it was another YouTuber that had said, not to me personally, but just on his channel, don't be a talker, be a doer. <clears throat> so when he said that, like it was a bell that rung in my head. And this was my opportunity to be a doer instead of a talker. Thank you for the sound effect. Yes, of course. Uh, <laughs> but that's kind of how it was. And this, the reason why I say this is, this is how powerful these things are that you get a ball going. And so I called him a star. He let me through. He normally doesn't let people through that haven't made a donation. I didn't realize this. I just called. I didn't know how all uh, You were worked. a deadbeat. I, I, well, I didn't, unknowingly, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, that's what all deadbeats say. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't need. I, I had to send a check. I didn't know about that. Right. Right. But the thing is, it's the weirdness that I got through. So I right. gave my spiel. He said, "Okay." He, I called back again the next day, and then he starts saying, "When I called in, this is Mo with the facts. This ah, is Mo with the facts." Right. I do remember this this origin story. Yes. Right. So then that that's how Mo facts came about, and that gave me the platform to hone my skills. And then I reached out to you uh, through Twitter to answer the DOS, a DOS question slash reparations. And yeah. And the rest is history. history. The rest, the rest is history. The rest so is podcast history. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the Mo, Mo facts, um, origin story. Thanks to uh juicy, AKA Jesse. So this story is very personal to me. And I'd like to remind everybody to, uh, to maximum to experience the Mo facts with Adam Curry to the max. Get a modern podcast app. Go to newpodcastapps.com and uh, you can support the show while you're listening. It'll stream little bits of uh, Bitcoin in real time. And if you like something, you can hit the boost button and send us, you know, it's almost like a, like a super chat. You can send us a message it's called a boostagram. Go check it out at uh, newpodcastapps.com. I'm ready for the show. All right. So I guess we got to start at the and <laughs> of course uh, and this is the this is the breakdown of 
how the story played out. And this is from Dan Abrams, uh, live one. The evidence is in and complete against actor Jussie Smollett, the former Empire star. Smollett is charged with six felony counts of disorderly conduct after allegedly filing false police reports in connection with a staged hate crime attack that prosecutors say he orchestrated on a frigid night in January of 2019. Smollett was back on the stand today, seeming combative as prosecutor Dan Webb questioned his communications with Abel Osendero, one of the two brothers who testified that Smollett paid them to stage the attack, which included wearing red hats to look like supporters of then-President Donald Trump, putting a rope around his neck and pouring bleach on him, (laughs) and yelling things like, this is MAGA country in Chicago. The cross-examination revealed some inconsistencies with Smollett's testimony. On Monday, Smollett testified that messages between him and Abel, who Smollett says had been hired as a personal trainer, not as his attacker, were to set up a workout for that day, not to arrange a hoax attack. Today, when Webb asked Smollett if he used Instagram to send private messages to Abel Osendero regarding the timing of the fake attack on the night in question, Smollett denied sending the messages. But then Webb showed Smollett four messages that he sent to Osendero on Instagram that night, the last of which was sent about 90 minutes before the alleged assault. And when asked whether any of those messages mentioned a workout on the night of the incident, Smollett admitted they didn't. But then he fired back, well, there was also no messages about any attack. <laughs> yeah, I'm so, ha- I'm so happy you're doing this episode because I know, I know you're going to humanize everybody and it's going to blow us away by the end of this journey. I'm so excited about this. I, I, I hope to do that. Um, and at the same time, give some background like to why I th- think Jesse did it. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like you said, he's been made a two-dimensional character, uh, a punchline of jokes, which rightfully so. When you pull something, you pull yeah, something I'll like say. this. The bleach you thing put, is you put yourself. I was gonna say, the bleach yeah, thing ahead, is ahead. weird. The the bleach thing. I, I don't. I don't. I guess he was like, "Oh, we're gonna get the black off of you or something." I don't, I don't know what <laughs> I know, the bleach but it, thing it, was about. That's never been a trend. I mean, as far as I know, I mean, I, I checked with all of my racist friends, and they uh, said, "No, nah, man, the noose was cool, but uh, <laughs> bleach." No, we hadn't come up with that one. I've never heard that. Right. So I, I, I don't know either. Okay. Um, right. But like I said, the noose thing—that was—that was the linchpin for me. The like, uh. One, I'm going to explain to why that was such a triggering um, prop in this whole situation. Uh, it has significance, mm-hmm. uh, but that's like that's just the background of it. We got uh, Nigerian scam artists. We <laughs> hopping on planes, and uh, we got uh, Star Empire. I mean, Empire Star. Um, at the height of his career, pulling something like this, so yeah. it's just, it's just a it was a weird story, and I knew for the very beginning that <laughs> it was a scam um, or a hoax, and I'll explain why later. But just give give when I first heard the story, I'm doing my normal routine, ironing my clothes, getting ready for work, and it comes across like that Fox Morning Show kind of not Fox News, but the Fox local uh, show Fox Five in DC, and I'm sitting here listening to it, and I'm like. This is bull crap, you know? but I didn't. I didn't have the Fax family then, or you. So uh, <laughs> Mrs. Fax had to be <laughs> had, had to, to be, had my to be brought in. And, yes, <laughs> right. So I'm going on and on about how this is bull crap, but then uh, 
rightfully so, I was proven correct. Um, so with that said, let's go ahead and get to the second clip from Dan. Prosecutors later pointed out that there were also no messages or calls between Smollett and Osindero about canceling the training session after the attack, right? Think about that. If they had a training session scheduled, right, he would have called them after the attack, said, by the way, I'm not going to be able to have our training session. But prosecutors don't believe there's a training session. So yesterday, Smollett claimed he and Abel Osindero had multiple sexual encounters in private rooms in Chicago bathhouses, <laughs> claims which Osindero denies. But Smollett testified he didn't even recognize Osindero's voice during the assault, saying in that moment, I'm not going to stop and say, hey, Bola, a nickname for him, is that you? <laughs> it was an attack. It happened fast. Smollett also admitted today that he'd driven the Osindero brothers to his apartment building downtown in the days preceding the allegedly fake assault. Video from the day shows the group circling Smollett's block multiple times, passing the staircase where the assault took place three times. Smollett offered inconsistent explanations, and last week the Osenderos testified that the meeting was a dry run for the fake assault. Remember yesterday, Smollett testified that he was attacked by a large man in a ski mask with, quote, pale skin. He assumed the man was white because of the racial slurs the attacker used during the assault. But today, when pressed about his recollection of the attack, as well as his initial interviews with Chicago detectives investigating, Smollett acknowledged that he told officers the attackers were white. He also denied telling police he was the victim of a hate crime, saying that he merely told them he was attacked. Whenever I hear um, Chicago bathhouses, I can't help but be triggered to think of Barry S. You know it had to be an Obama uh, connection there, <laughs> even though it's not Barry S. specifically. But Chicago bathhouses is synonymous with uh, Obama. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so you know they got to be somewhere lurking in the shadows um, on this topic, but... So we got the story laid out. Uh and what kind of gay is um <laughs> uh Jussie, aka Juicy, to out another fellow gay man the way he just did because he said the guy that um he supposedly had relations with, he that he was having relationships with uh, relations with him in the Chicago bathhouses. Isn't that bad form for uh being in the community to out somebody like that? <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> no, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. asking, like, because that's just, you know, it's kind of like dead naming and those kind of misgendering. Yeah, know, but when when your people. ass is on the line and you're in court, you're going to sing like a bird. Or if you're considered a down low brother, which we talked about before as well. Mm-hmm. So the way it seems is that uh, one of the brothers may have not been openly gay. No, okay. But well, it's def- was, definitely yeah. uh, not protocol to do that. Yeah. So I just want to I wanted to point out just to show you how desperate mm-hmm. Jesse was to bring people down with him as he uh was going down in flames. So I got we got one last clip and then we're really gonna get into the like the under story that every, we're not gonna do the gloss over blow blah blow uh not gonna do the, It's just the, not uh, court TV up. people. Yeah, we're not gonna do that. We got something totally um Of course uh, uh something totally <laughs> different in line, but let's go ahead and get the final piece of the story. Well, what happened that night? And when asked if he knows that the Osinderos were his attackers, Smollett said, there's no way for him to know that. But then prosecutors pointed to video and GPS evidence as well. Uh-huh. As the brother's own testimony that they attacked him in addition to that. Now, Smollett then questioned the brother's credibility. <laughs> he said, well, they're liars. 
They also said I had something to do with it, and that's not true. There was one other exchange that caught my attention. During last week's testimony from Abel Osendero, Smollett's lawyers questioned whether the brothers had offered to refuse to testify in exchange for a million bucks each. The Osenderos denied that. During a second round of questioning today, Smollett's attorneys again brought up the bribe claim. Smollett testified the brothers made the offer, but he turned them down. But later when the prosecution asked Smollett if the brothers actually made that offer, he hedged, saying, well, a representative for the pair had reached out to his team. No. Okay. So these guys had two million bucks to offer? <laughs> I, I think they were, they were saying they were going to retract their... Oh, they, they were going to retract their statements yeah, for, 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 two, for yeah, a million bucks two, each? Yes. Please. Who? Well, okay. Then someone with big money was... Oh, this Jesse has a lot of famous and powerful friends. Yes, uh, um, Kamala Harris, Cory Booker. I know those. Yep, yep. Yeah, we're going we're going to get into some more, yeah, but I'll that bet. was the main thing. So, this uh, I don't have any clips from Jesse uh, other than this one because I didn't want to make it about him. Really, uh, I wanted to make it more about the event. But before we get into that one clip, the main takeaway from this is. You can't do anything anymore without it being tracked. Yeah, the phone GPS, right? Well, no, 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 no. And I I could have made, this show could have been 10 hours because there's so many rabbit holes that go down and this is something I want to cover in the Lost Tapes uh, because I need more visuals with it. But there's a thing in Chicago called pod cameras. Have you ever heard of pod cameras? Pod, P-O-D? Yes. Um, Is that like the shot, the shot? the shot cams where they detect gunshots and then uh locate it well these cameras they have on every corner almost oh, okay and this is sense. how they yeah. track the uh the the brothers back from the scene yes all the way the the pod cameras plus they had the um the term they use were uh private surveillance oh yeah ring uh, ring cameras camera. <laughs> ring cameras <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah ring doorbell oh yeah absolutely 32 ring doorbells what did they, what did they call what did they call that no they call them private surveillance cameras or something something that it's a term they use but the pod cameras i was just wondering if you heard of that and then no. also did they license those through you uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you i was you i was get- i was writing up with a lot of the lawsuit as we as we spoke you should be getting a piece of that money yeah, really what the hell uh yeah so that's a whole nother uh, thing in this case the rod sharing the, the text messages <laughs> all of that is cameras tra- that you're, that's such a good point that's such a good point um mm-hmm. you know it's, it, 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 when we lived at the other place you know people would park uh you know like shitty old cars near us that we could basically we'd see these crappy old cars you know tires gone wheels gone stuff like that mm-hmm. and like you know and they and they wouldn't remove these the police in austin is a whole a whole nother thing like, you know, why don't I just torch it? You know, if I just torch it, then they'll have to come. And then we decided against that because ring cameras. Yeah. It's like, you yeah, can't hide from that. <laughs> you, you they, they have, they track these guys all the way back to the airport from that spot. That's phenomenal. Uh, off of this surveillance. So I know you would like that because you're the OTG. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> OTG got a kind of guy. So, um, yeah. So let's get into this one clip of Jesse. Uh, aka juicy and he's going to explain why he thinks he was attacked why do you think you were targeted 
I can just assume, I mean, I come really, really hard against 45. Now, please. I come really, really hard against his administration. And I don't hold my tongue. Yeah. I want to ask you about Jesse Smollett. I think that's horrible. Uh, it doesn't get worse, as far as I'm concerned. Were you aware that he made that statement? <laughs> I saw it. I don't know what to say to that. You know, um, you know, I appreciate him not brushing over it. And there is no doubt in your mind what motivated this attack. I could only go off of their words. I mean, who says empire, this MAGA country, ties a noose around your neck and pours bleach on you? And this is just a friendly fight. I will never be the man that this did not happen to. Mm. I am forever changed. And I don't subscribe to the idea that everything happens for a reason, but I do subscribe to the idea that we have the right and the responsibility to make something meaningful out of the things that happen to us, good and bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there it is. Um, he's going to make something meaningful, meaningful out of this. Even if it's a hoax or not, yeah. Uh, and and he made it political. I didn't. He said this happened to him because he comes he comes hard really forty five. Yeah, with all that vocal fry, but yeah. he he, uh, <laughs> he 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 may be a hummer. Um, huh? But um, <laughs> yes, okay, I'll leave that where that, it is. It, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was when I heard. Like I said, everybody knew this was a hoax everybody except for those can, people can i tell you what that, my, what my yeah. first inclination was because i immediately i of course immediately well what the way i witnessed it first was stephanie rule from msnbc i don't know if you have that clip or not no i don't she's the uh the ex uh, she's like goldman sachs uh let me see we played our clips before, I believe, on, on the show. Yeah, but, um, but she from, was crying. Yeah. She's crying. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe this is happening. And I'm looking at it like, mm, this sounds pretty weird. But what I found real quick was, and I'm sure you get into that, is mm -hmm. there was this bill out there from Kamala and, and Cory Booker, which was called the lynching bill or the anti-lynching bill. And that's... I'm going to ask you to put the goggles on, sir, because oh, uh, you uh, and your... I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to do goggles on. Engaged. Even, even in 2022, you're I still know. in the future, uh, <laughs> in the past. How you, how you like that? Um, yeah, but we're going we're gonna to talk about that. But we have to go even further back than that. Okay. This thing, because that would seem like the genesis of it. But I have to give some context here. And this goes to our genesis of meeting. Um, oh. Kamala, uh, Kamala, Kamala Harris, I call it Kamala, uh, Kamala um, rolled out her presidency, uh, her candidacy for president on January 20th, 2019. Right. And she was met with so much pushback. Yeah, everyone hated from her. The, <laughs> well, specifically from the quote-unquote ADOS quote unquote FBA foundational blacks whatever uh, yeah. by this contingency that I I by lineage I am a part of she was destroyed her 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 campaign was null and void from the very beginning that's because it, every, this, everybody knew like no 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 we're not going to do another Obama trick 
Exactly. And that was the thing. Like, what do you have to offer? And the bill that you alluded to was one of those things that they tried to build up for her. So when she could step right into ah, it to say, I'm doing yes. something for black people. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that was one quote unquote, her tangible, which we'll get, we'll get to the lynching thing, but I want to go back. We, this is a five block clip. Maybe we don't need to play all of them just to give people context of what was going on at that time with uh, Kamala Harris, because she is the center point of this whole story. Mm. So, now we have to go back. Joy Ann Reed with Shereen Mitchell. <laughs> and this is the Russian bots clip part one. Um, they appear to be a, a, a human, but they don't. They have a big gap, as, as Adam just said, in the times that they've tweeted. And they tweet you. Should you respond to them? Generally, no. I mean, off the back, you should stay back and just sort of watch their engagement, how many times they're tweeting, what they're tweeting about, and even the topics in particular. And a lot of the ones that are pretending to be black people, or black women in particular, who are focusing on black identity, have these sort of aspects in the ways that they're talking about language. Uh, if we saw the other day, there was an account that was uh, supposed to be for black supporting um, Howard Schultz. Uh, that account was eventually pulled down, but that was a, a prime example of someone trying to mimic uh, support from the black community for a particular candidate. So these kinds of things that are happening at this moment, we have to pay a little bit more close to attention to it because there is nuance, but there are also identifying factors. For example, right now from the black identity framework, there's a new sort of uh, hashtag and or uh, identity that's in their bios called ADOS or DOS, which is standing for Descendants of Slaves. Yeah, this is the genesis of us. You're right. Yes. <laughs> so, I guess this, honestly, 2022, we're almost, what is that? This was uh, 2019. Three, yeah, three years ago. So, three years to the date, almost, uh, or roughly, when she first rolled her campaign out. This is my genesis. This is, Then this leads to, you know, us crossing paths. So, this story has a lot of history to it for me. So, yeah, uh, and then coming off of last show talking about hoaxes and people making false claims and, um, being false victims. I hope everybody gets the rollover into, uh, into this show. Um, uh, if you haven't heard that, that's the Duke lacrosse case. So yep. I, as you see, this was right after she made her announcement, she was getting flamed on, uh, on social media. And to the point where they had to blame it on bots, Russian bots. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's what I'd picked up. I picked up the, hey, wait a minute. That's not bots. That's that's people and they, they're descendants of slaves or whatever she said. That's all I knew. And I was trying to figure that part out. That's when you reached out to me. Yes. Because right. uh, you said DOS and then that's why I added the A to it because it, it matters that a matters mm -hmm. <laughs> because what they try to do is this is the lumping together the color people the uh aka people of color um they try to put everything into this black label and this is when like really the point where uh people of ados lineage was really making and stating a claim that like you like you um uh mentioned before that we won't have another obama so let's right. go ahead and get into the second part of that clip. 
so it's the indication that they are op- they are someone who was born and uh, you know as as a descendant in the United States who is representing Black America and has the the the, the vernacular and the language uh, that people would believe is, is someone who's a part of our community who's either debating about Camilla or debating about Booker because that's who just announced and and trying to say we know who's the most uh, you know who's who's black in America and 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 making sure that they are you know sort of talking in this vernacular that makes it look like that they are in are support black American and yeah yeah and we I, I mean I, I did see a huge uptick in bot activity when it came to when Kamala Harris announced it's like it, it just dropped like a bomb it just happened really quickly and she was Shut accused up. of being not a re, not really black not a not really black she's, she's and, and that kept going you could you could see that happening but actually there was an uptick of those bots just before she was uh, about to announce so they were preparing for her announcement. I, I love if you kind of take this all the way through, you could almost mm-hmm. say Silicon Valley, man, they suck so bad. They're so racist. They can't even make black bots properly. What was, well, this is Putin's bots. So <laughs> right, Russian so bots. Yeah, of course. What am I thinking? Yeah. You can't put this on. Uh, I, I love, I love how, I love how Joy Ann Reed says, Oh yeah, I know. I see the bots come out immediately. Oh yeah. Rah, rah, rah. Okay. It was a bomb. What she said, she used the word bomb. bomb. It yeah. was a, and she's right. Uh, in her uh the bomb analogy is right yes because soon it was like (laughs) people were waiting on kamala to drop because they saw the obama okie doke being played out once again (laughs) this was not (laughs) this was not our candidate yeah Yeah, so this was not our candidate this was um this was a packaged product that they were trying to push to us and we said no and not only was it that you know her politics was a problem the fact that they were trying to like kind of force her force her on us as being kind of ADOS yeah. when they use this term black so loosely, and this is why it's so important that we coin a term for political reasons and lineage reasons to identify that our claim is specific uh and our uh demands are specific our political demands are specific now at this time Uh, there was some there's also some confusion added to it uh by the group out in california i've forgotten the the guy's name again the lawyer who mm -hmm. you know they're saying we're the ados group and that was like the ados political group versus the ados lineage group which is poorly understood by all so you're talking about uh, tone talks yeah tone talks right and and uh I have to give them credit because they're the one that brought the ADOS hashtag to popularity. Mm-hmm. And this is this. I want to show people this is the power of hashtags, because when you can give a nice, clean hashtag that everybody can put their energy behind, you can take down a political uh, candidate in their tracks. And this is what really this was the <laughs> they were trying to hide this. The fact that these people that are loosely linked, if not linked at all, but by nothing but a lineage and a hashtag, destroyed who should have been president now. That was the whole goal. They, they were, <laughs> this was her big rollout. Joe Biden was a, uh, in my um, perspective, Joe Biden was a backup plan. He was the spare um, political uh, uh, candidate. She, she was their first choice. That's a good take. And, and what what's baffling about that is how can you fall for it? How can you fall for the concept that uh, ADOS America is going to put up with that shit? Well, I'm glad you Then they haven't done the research, you know. Who's talking to you? Well, 
the problem well they they had the audacity to think they could do this now we're going to get into another set of uh throwback clips and this is very important we're not rehashing one we got a lot of new listeners two this was three years ago and three now looking through the lens of where we're at now backwards you can clearly see it it's going to answer your question they had big media and they didn't understand the power of the independent media and to hear that play out the big media and how they were trying to force this through we have Don Lemon, and he's talking to uh, April Ryan about oh, uh, two of my Kamala favorite Harris. people. This is great. I love these people. This, this is this is about Kamala Harris is African American. Oh yeah. So April, listen, the the only black woman in the 2020 campaign is fielding questions about race, and I just want to play uh, for you what Kamala Harris said to the Breakfast Club when she was asked about how people on social media are questioning if she's African American. Another meme says uh, Kamala Harris is not African-American. Her parents were immigrants from India and Jamaica, and she was raised in Canada, not the United States. <laughs> and it said fat. Uh-huh. That's what the meme said. So I was born in Oakland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and raised in the United States, except for the years that I was in high school in Montreal, Canada. And look, this is the same thing they did to Barack. Yes. This is this is not new to us. And so I think that um, wow. we know what they're trying to do. They're trying to do what has been happening over the last two years, which is powerful voices trying to sow hate and division among us. Mm-hmm. And so we need to recognize when we're being played. Wow. This is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that she didn't even answer the question. No. Uh, uh, I, I, this is this is this is mind blowing. And then to say, well, I was born in Oakland. <laughs> As you know, that gives you black creds. Have you looked at Oakland? Oakland's more white than it than you can than 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 the hill country. Right. It's not but black she, anymore. Jeez. And idiot. then she says, "This is what she. This is what they do to us. Us. Uh, n- another who, good one. Yeah, I wouldn't catch who, that, of course. Yeah. Who is the us that she's talking about? Are she talking about people like her and Barack? That's that's, that's your sister, to- man. Would you? Yeah. <laughs> me. Well, <laughs> if it's me and Barack, then yeah. Then I, yeah. Okay, that's fine. Of course they do that to you because you're phony. It, and, and the thing is, just don't try to graft yourself in to a lineage that's not yours. Embrace your Indian that's lineage. So Embrace your arrogant." It's, it, I'm sorry. I, I just have to. I just. No, I just have to was, say this. I cannot. I cannot believe that they're that politically stupid. I mean, what it shows is they think black people are stupid. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> hello, and they and they learn their lesson. Uh, yes, they learn their. And this is why we so go racist. back. Listen to this was show fifteen. So yeah. fifteen, we're going through this real time. So if people want to go back and listen, you can see how this played out from 15 to 18. Forward. Yeah. Yeah. You're saying to 18. Excuse me. That was 18. 15 was when um, they tried to do the Russian bot thing. So we followed the whole uh, development mm-hmm. and the destruction of a political candidate by grassroots efforts. And, and you're and- right. They, it, it is arrogancy to, to say, you know what? We know what's best for black people and we can put a brown person out here calling them black black being used in the term of african-american with uh or ados uh that's this is why this term is very dangerous because even in the title it says don lemon asked if kamala harris is african-american that when you when they use the term african-american they're using as ados as Mm -hmm. a uh synonym to ados Mm -hmm. which she's which she is not 
Because if that's the case, then we got to say Elon Musk is the richest African-American of all time. Exactly. So, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So we got to be very careful with these terms and they learn their lesson uh, and they're still learning their lesson. But this was the arrogancy of the Democratic Party. And they learn, like I said, not to repeat myself, but they learned their lesson. But April Ryan is going to push back against Don Lemon on uh, her <laughs> being African-American. This is a great clip. This is, this is a By the way, this show has receipts, people. Just so you know, this is not this is stuff that we've done. So glad yes. you're here. What do you make of her answer, April? Good for her. Um, you know, let's, there's a lot to unpack here. Yeah. Number one, what does black enough mean? Can someone give me a definition of what black is enough is? I don't want to go down the road of the stereotype when people say we're black. Number one, she is a black woman. She's a mixed race woman. When you see her, you see her blackness, but she is also South Asian. Her mom is South Asian and her dad is Jamaican. April, she is April, a black April, woman let me, let me, let me, let me listen. Yes. More power to her. And I think what? it's great. That is, that should be enough. Listen, it is enough that she's a black woman. We are not a model. No, 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 no. They did the same thing. No, 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 no. I think you. I think you're not. You're not hearing what people are saying. The people who are saying is she black enough? That's bull. That's BS. But to 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 want a distinction to say is she African American or is she black or is she whatever? That what's there is nothing wrong with that. There is a difference between being African American and being black. People, people. Latino people are people of color, but they're not black. They're brown people. She is a okay? woman of color, but she is a black woman. Okay, that's she, why I agree with that. I agree with that. But no, is she African American? No, 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 no. But is she African American? There is a difference. There's nothing wrong with that. No one is trying so to take down, anything away down, from her. her I think you're falling. I think you're falling into a trap of that. All she had to do was say, "I am black, but I'm not African American." I love Don Lemon for this. That was so. That was so proper of him. It was, but oh, he had to pay, and we've we've documented without receipts that he had to kowtow. Yep. After this, uh, and 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 you know, eat his words, even to the point where he does have involved involvement with Jussie as well. Um, as the story develops with Jussie Smollett, um, later down the line. So I'm, I didn't go. To, I, there's so many rabbit holes with this story that it was it was like man which which angle do you take right but i i want to use this as a, a good point to go back a year later to show i mean that this is their candidate this was their original candidate being Kamala Harris uh the antics that they try to use including Jussie Smollett to uh endear her to us and, and it didn't work uh you can hear how hard April Ryan is working and i, I wonder is Don what what angle is Don working from in these set of clips is he control opposition or is he, was he backing another candidate at the time? Uh, you know that I just can't figure out his angle. Well, you know, on this tape. Okay. So first, the question, April Ryan, ADOS. I believe so. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll do a quick check while you, while you're doing, I mean, it's, you, it would be more authentic for April Ryan to say, I grew up in Baltimore, which she did than Kamala Harris. Like I was born in, uh, uh, in Oakland. Um, the thing about Don Lemon is I think that he is, how can I say this? I feel authenticity from him often. I feel authenticity from him as a man. I feel authenticity from him as a black man. I feel authenticity from him as a gay man. It shines through, but he's in an environment and 
you know, it's just this one went too far for him. He'll he'll do anything necessary, but he went this. I I think that was something in him that said no. I just can't. I cannot um, deny my own existence with this bullshit. Only reason I'll push back against that is what we've seen, and maybe this was Don's last stand. Yeah, well, <laughs> or excuse possible. me, as we call him on this show, Donald Lemon. Uh, <laughs> Donald. I, I can't forget. Yeah, this was Donald Lemon because he jumped a sharp many a times prior to this and after this. I don't know if he was trying to give them some advice like, hey, Boots on the Ground is saying they're not feeling her. Maybe this is not the right take. I'll, I'll say that, but possible. Don reads what he's told to read. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's told to do, he, he does what he's told to do because um, we see how CNN has been exposed recently. Yeah, but just their whole shop over there is. When, yeah, when you have a, a free form uh, interview, I mean, I've had it, you know, sometimes you just go too far. If you, you're doing it every single night and just, you know, he just went, went off the reservation. But I think that was, I think that was sincere. Yes, I, 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 I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But um, speaking of sincerity, uh, we now we have to go over and this is post her, um, dropping out of the race uh this is roland martin aka i'm saying boule number one yeah um uh, he goes in and has a rant about the attacks on kamala harris and her blackness donald trump jr is fredo and he clearly can't read a bio all he has to do is go read the bio of senator kamala harris then you'll understand her background and so he's probably the dumbest of all the trump children but but here's the real issue here the attacks on senator kamala harris's blackness really started the moment she announced and and where it's really coming from this is black self-hate cloaked in black self-love there are people out there who are saying that because she is not a descendant of slaves she really can't speak to the black experience. They dismiss the fact that she went to an HBCU. They dismiss her actual background. Uh, and that's what the real issue here. There are black people out there who are angry that they say, who say Obama didn't do enough for African Americans. And what they're not doing is demanding really policy questions. They're questioning her blackness. You even have some fools out there who are black, especially a lot of black men who are criticizing her because her husband is white. And so I understand that folks are talking about Donald Trump Jr you're retweeting this but really you've got uh, some asinine black folks out there who are the ones who are questioning her blackness and they are shameful and they are despicable and then they should be called out at every turn can roland martin show his ados card no he cannot i didn't Um, think so i didn't think so and and listen to the language fools yeah asinine Mm -hmm. it was complete shaming and they didn't understand the more they shamed the worse it (laughs) got the harder we clamp down on their candidate the hard, the more they shamed the harder we can't and, and the, she wait, there's, there's she, something there there was something there that he said that uh bears discussing <laughs> he said they're not looking at their policies they're just looking at her blackness and i think that's correct but i think it's correct because they already went they <laughs> the blacks already went through the Obama policy, oh, well, policy, it'll be okay. Um, go well, ahead. There was a they, there was a they, and I'm loosely part of that they. It mm-hmm. was people that's been fed up with, this is this is your candidate, shut up, go vote, uh, don't ask for anything. And we did have policy questions, and she was at, I didn't put this clip in here, she was asked specifically, 
what will you do specifically for ADOS people mm-hmm. about reparations? Ah, right. Okay. Yes, and I do remember that. <laughs> and she said clearly, I'm not going to do anything specific for black people. No. <laughs> All people. <laughs> and that was when she jumped into the grave and started to pull dirt on top of herself um, in her political career. It was over. Yeah. When she made that declaration, it was over. But what um, Roland wants to do is say, isn't she black enough? Yeah. She listens to she listens to Tupac and smokes weed. <laughs> how, how much blacker do you want? Um, and that was one of the things that she said was just another scoop of dirt on her political grave. And I'm speaking metaphorically here for uh, for anybody that's listening <laughs> that may want to um, you know highlight that in another way. We're talking about her political career. It was oh, it was over as soon as it began, and this is the from the uh, her rollout uh, campaign rollout. Go ahead. No, I was going to say I had what's cool about this because of course I'm intimately familiar with most of this story. Mm-hmm. Um, in something I didn't realize is the timing of Smollett with Kamala Harris. And of course, I know I see how this is coming together, but I'm I just wanted to mention like holy crap, I didn't realize. Uh, the timing was so it's it's all a part of the same timeline uh, well i'm gonna give you uh the timeline i mean just a couple dates in the timeline uh she wrote out her uh campaign on uh one twenty january 20 of 2019 january 22nd is when jesse smollett received a racist and homophobic threatening letter oh man to the studio uh, in Chicago where Empire was filmed. That was the one with the letters Police cut later. out? Yes, yeah, like the serial killer. Uh, <laughs> it was a nice touch, I had to say. It was funny. With, 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 with Tylenol in it. They had they, had, they put uh, BC in there as well. Um, so that was the 22nd. 29th is when the uh, actual event happened. So these are days apart. No kidding. Uh, and yeah, and just to go to the anti-lynching bill part of it, you know, that plays into it as well. So I think we stopped at uh, uh, 10 a is where we're, uh, we're oh, right. Excuse me. You know, 10, we, we, we about to play 10, 10 now. Yeah. And this is her once again, stepping on a rake. Uh, <laughs> Kamala Harris and Jesse Smullett are like almost twins in a way of the unforced errors. Um, <laughs> Of just overdoing it. So this is her admitting to uh, smoking weed, but I want to, this is a long clip, so you can stop it uh, throughout the clip if you want to. But this is from the Washington Post, and this is right after she said it. This is her, them trying to clean up her mess that she had made with Charlemagne the uh, Guard, as I call him, uh, (laughs) because he, how protective he is over Kamala. Uh, but this is number 10. Kamala Harris's comments from her radio interview with The Breakfast Club are sparking controversy. Have you ever smoked? Wait a minute. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm so tired of these puns. Uh, well, sparking, sparking. Can't, and, and, and not only do they write the stupid pun because, you know, sparking up a joint, etc. Mm-hmm. But then she even pauses to make sure that all the dumb fucks heard it. Oh, did you hear how clever we are? <laughs> be, be prepared. Okay. Be prepared. Harris's comments from her radio interview with The Breakfast Club are sparking controversy. Have you ever smoked? I have. Okay. Like and, I, and I inhale. I did inhale. 
<laughs> it was a long time ago. <laughs> Harris explains her pro-pot stance and admits that she indulged in the substance while in college. Then this exchange happened. What does Kamala Harris listen to? What were you What's listening to when you was high? Uh, <laughs> what was on? What song was it? Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, definitely Snoop. Uh-huh. Uh, Tupac, Tupac, for sure. For sure. People quickly jumped on what they saw as a contradiction, given that Tupac and Snoop Dogg were not producing music while she was in college. Harris graduated from Howard University in 1986 and later got her JD from the University of California in 1989. Tupac's debut album, Tupacalypse Now, came out in 1991, and Snoop's first album, Doggy Style, followed a few years later in 1993. So, if you're just listening to this piece on the radio, it sounds like Harris's memory is mixed up. Or maybe she lied about what her stoner jams were in an attempt to sound cool at a time when more and more Democrats, and even a few Republicans, are on board with legal weed. But when you watch Harris's whole interaction on camera, the situation plays out very differently. DJ Envy asks Harris what she listens to. What does Kamala Harris listen to? Charlemagne then asks a separate question as an aside to the senator. What were you what listening to when you was high? Harris politely laughs, but then makes eye contact with Envy. Uh, what was on? <laughs> what song was it? Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, definitely Snoop. Uh-huh. Uh, Tupac. So it's implied that she's answering Envy's question about what she listens to in general, rather than specifically what she listened to while stoned. Stop. Harris has been accused Stop. of... Charlemagne clearly asked another yeah. question. Yeah. And she answered his question. So Washington Post is being very disingenuous. With this, with, okay, I mean, well, that's <laughs> hello. Well, also, yeah. also, when when you're going to lie, it's easier to look at someone else. Correct, correct. So, yeah. But he asked a specific question to her, and she acknowledged his question. She sure did. With a yes. So this is null and void, or what? Whatever they're saying over the Washington Post, and we got to remember, Washington Post is the one that wrote that letter saying, uh, basically, you need us Democratic Party. Uh, when they wanted Kamala to be vice president. Right. So they, they're the one that twisted the Democratic Party arm mm-hmm. to say, you have to use her and this we want a, a female, a black female vice president and the, you know, the first justice to be a black woman. Yeah. So this was all done through the Washington Post. So we can go ahead and finish up this clip. But I just want to point that yeah. out that she's not paying attention. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, definitely Snoop. Uh-huh. Uh, Tupac. So it's implied that she's answering Envy's question about what she listens to in general, rather than specifically what she listened to while stoned. Harris has been accused of pandering because of the way this played out. And it's not the first time a politician has been put in that position on the show. What's, what's something that you always carry with you? Hot Just- sauce. Really? You, yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Are you getting information right now? <laughs> so while Harris was trying to make her position on pot clear, she found herself in a pretty sticky situation. Ugh. Wow. Um, question. Mm-hmm. Charlemagne said, are you about to jump into formation? Is he referring to like a Beyonce formation? Yes. Which, which yes. Hillary didn't get, by the way. She didn't get that at all. Right. But doesn't that mean a whole different... Meaning now what we're talking about with the whole mass mass formation. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's and that would also lead to people that still believe that Jesse Smollett was attacked. There are people out there still to this day. Oh, sure. Of course. Of course. So, yeah. So this is another reason why this story is so important to go back and to say, how can they still believe that? But now what we're seeing with mass 
uh what's the what's mass, the word mass there? formation then but not only that but the whole side uh the 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 whole push now with the whole collective psychological um uh, what was it uh Stockholm syndrome uh the thing where how the thing with uh COVID why they say everybody is under yeah, this that's, spell. That's, that's mass, we call it spells over here. No, it's the mass formation, or some call it the mass formation, formation psychosis, which is incorrect. That's it. That's, that's the one I'm but, yeah, but that's But it's, it's really mass formation, not mass formation. That's just been bastard. It's a separate story. I'm doing it on no agenda tomorrow. Uh-huh. But um, mass formation, the theory and what that is, has been hijacked by mass formation psychosis, which is Hitler, which ended the whole uh understanding of what's really going on which we we know and just to give another tidbit of information on this they will plant they capital uh, t-h-e-y they will plant false information yeah like a little nugget of false information in with a real uh analysis to make it null and void it's exactly what's happening and to give you an example in this situation with kamala harris and jesse smullett they use one of saying that she was his aunt. So if you took that little nugget and put it into right. your, you know, analysis or whatever, it made you, it rendered you uh, null and void, an idiot. Yeah, yeah. It, it made you an idiot. You know, and, and they purpose. I saw them give this gas, and I saw a bunch of content creators and podcasters jump on Fall this. Oh, they're aunts. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah. aunts. They're yeah. aunts. They're aunt, You know, there's his nephew. That's aunts. And and what it did was just destabilize the whole point talking points around this whole situation. So I just wanted to point that out as well. Um, be careful if you don't have vetted information and receipts. Be careful of the information that you push forward because it could, you know, des- destroy everything that you're working towards. And I'll say it, it happens to me. It happens to me mm-hmm. all the time. You know, that sometimes it's hard. Uh, luckily, though. People are out there uh, catching it, and uh, you just got to, when you had got it wrong, you got to take the L quick. <laughs> That's easier. Just, just accept it, yeah. Yeah, like, hey, I, mean, I, took it. I, I got no chip yeah. on my shoulder. I'm, I'm a washed-up VJ. What the hell do I know? Not only that, but we get bombarded with so much information yeah. sent, you know, by producers, which we, we appreciate, but at the same time, make sure you vet it yes. or either send everything in context. That way, we can make an educated uh, decision if it makes it to, into the show or not, because it, it could easily dis- destabilize a, a platform. And, and, and the, here's, here's one to watch out for. Mm-hmm. If it's a clip that ends on the punchline, but stops after that. Right. Because there's usually some context or a correction or something else that we didn't see. So you got to go to C-SPAN or, you know, to the YouTubes. You got to find the longer version. Because that's that's the one I get caught in most. I'm like, oh, this is a great clip, and then mm-hmm. I realize that uh, it was cut off in a certain way that you know is kind of out of context. Yeah, so that's why it takes no agenda and this show so long to put together because <laughs> we have to go back and vet almost everything that we receive. Uh, of course, I'm given the luxury to the two week cycle that we have. Well, but this is also to- one of the few podcasts that as you say has that luxury but it's so much better everyone jumps on the story right away and then mm-hmm. you know it's kind of set in history that's what happened and with mofax we're going to go back after we've had time it's had time to settle and yes. and the pieces have fallen down and you just pick them up we actually have a lot of those pieces ourselves uh and then okay now we can see the full picture which is why i love this you know from the timeline perspective 
and it's nice and cured and it's, it's all ready to be, uh, 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 you know, uh, enjoyed so <laughs> yes. let's see let's go ahead uh, so I, I'm, I'm gonna skip a clip oh you don't want to make you, reference to you, it you don't want to do that i think it's a great i think it's a, it was kind of like the kicker to how stupid she is well let's go ahead and get into it yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah well bubba these are those moments that we love speedy secondhand embarrassment for you coming yeah up. yeah I'm yeah. Yum, yum. being interviewed on cnn <laughs> bubba being interviewed on cnn she was asked by the cnn reporter who's just enamored with her of course mm-hmm. uh who does she think the best rapper alive is here we go and then uh best rapper alive tupac <laughs> He's not alive. You said he lives on. Not alive. I know. I keep doing that. <laughs> you said, listen, West Coast taken. girls think Tupac lives on. I'm with you. I'm with you. So Tupac. Oh, I'm trying to save it. I keep doing that. Yeah. You Since do. you start hanging out with Joe, is it catching? <laughs> catch is there something in the water? <laughs> what do you think? They asked her who the best NASCAR driver alive was. She said Dale Earnhardt. <laughs> Who did she end up saying, by the way? She never answered it. She said there's a lot of good ones out there. She she had no idea. Hey, best best rapper alive, uh, Tupac. Uh, Sharp. Sorry, he was gunned down about 20 years ago. Okay, well. uh, Mm. Oh, that's interesting because now I know what she's saying. She's saying, I keep doing that. And I I think what, what, what she's saying is, I rehearse anything about black music, just say Tupac. Mm-hmm. And and so she just keeps saying Tupac. I smoke weed, Tupac. The best rapper alive, Tupac. Tupac. <laughs> <laughs> Who's number one on the charts, Tupac. Oh, man. And then to admit it like that. Yeah, I mean, which. Yeah, go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, no I mean, but, just, it's weird. She's no, bad. But that's the thing. And then the, the, the reason why I chose that clip to use, when you have a guy's name Bubba, Laughing at you about your rap selection? <laughs> you got a problem. You got a problem. Yeah, that just shows the depth of the. You know, she's the gift that keeps on giving to the uh, uh, Republican or right leaning uh, pundits because she just keeps stepping on rakes, and she even said it herself. How do how do I keep making this mistake? And and it, she just has what they call in baseball and sports called she has the yips. Yeah, the you yips. Know, she, chokes. She. she she has all, when you look at her resume, everything's there, right? She's a woman of color. You can, if, if you're Angela um, Rye or April Ryan, mm-hmm. you can make the hard sell that she's a quote-unquote black woman. You know, she has the credentials. She has the big money Soros backing her. She has everything. But when it comes to speak, she's terrible. Yeah. It just, it, seriously, I mean... It just amazes me how bad she is at her at her job. <laughs> but they just goes to show you that it doesn't matter. They were going to force her on us at 2020 uh, until the ADOS, FBA, Native Blacks, whatever term you want to use, uh, the black people of America with uh, lineage going back to this country uh, as our genesis. You know, we said no. And this go. the reason why I'm pointing this out is this when you feel powerless when you go on social media and say no, this actually collectively it has power if you have enough people pushing, you know what I'm saying, pushing uh, a certain topic. With a hashtag. Yes. And that's why I always will give Yvette and Tone Talks their credit because without ADOS, right. that hashtag, not what they did politically, I, they did some sleight of hand stuff, but that's just, you got to give people credit where credit is due and I always will give them their credit for that of uh, pushing, you know, the awareness 
of this hashtag and it being a separate entity entity and the collectiveness of black in America. Um, so with that said, let me go ahead and get to why I thought Jesse Smollett was full of crap with his story because I have to lay this out. The Jesse Smollett story came on first on Fox News. I'm ironing my pants, getting ready to go to work <laughs> as I do every morning, talking to the TV and my wife's rolling her eyes like, will this man please just stop? <laughs> and, 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 if I, and if I can just say something I'd like to say yeah. to all the white men in America, take note of this. I learned this in college with, from my roommate. Black men iron their clothes every day themselves. This is this is a cult, a culture start. This is a cultural difference. I'm not saying there's no white men who don't iron their shirts, but it's a cultural thing. Washing uh, your own clothes and uh, and uh, ironing them. I'm I, glad you pointed it out because it, it it is a thing. It, yeah. it is a thing. Um, I remember they were like, hey. I remember Ty, my my roommate, was like, hey son. You you got you got to use some Tide on that shit. I'm like, what? <laughs> I swear to God, it sounds so weird, right? But that's exactly what it was. And then he's and he's like, oh man, said, let me show you how. You, what are you doing? Let me show you how to iron. He was so frustrated with me. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's. Okay, this is this is the reason why I thought. Do you remember Jesse Smollett clip came on and this story came? No, well, I got the order mixed up. This story came on, and then the Jesse Smollett came on. This is the order. So this came on. We can go ahead and play number 11 prior to this, them announcing the Jesse Smollett story. This sure does look dramatic, and I just found out that it is done in our area. More on that in a second. These images are of Metra in Chicago. That's a commuter rail system. It uses open flames to heat up rails in the extreme cold. The heaters are gas-fed on maybe what's one of the most crucial parts of the tracks. This is called a switch. It swaps trains from one track to another. It is the only part of a rail system that moves. The heaters keep switches moving by melting snow and ice. If a switch gets clogged up, that will stop trains in a hurry. Our metro does use open flame track heaters, just not right now. It uses an open flame only during snow and ice storms. Now, nothing is actually on fire, though it sure does look like it. This is sort of like a burner on a gas stove. There is one unintended side effect of all this. The flames can burn wooden railroad ties. (laughs) That means they have to be replaced faster than usual. Pete Muntean, WUSA 9. Yeah, it was a cold one. Cold? It was historically cold. (laughs) I'm like, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. This guy, celebrity, goes out into weather cold enough where you had to set train tracks on fire (laughs) to go get a Subway sandwich and gets attacked in Chicago by white guys in this record cold uh, cold snap by yelling hey empire <laughs> no 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 that no no that's too that's too much that now you've expected me to be dumb mm-hmm. and, and that was the whole thing it, but that was the sequential order this story show first then this jesse smollett story came on this wasn't an actual clip but reporting this i was like that's interesting i never knew that they set uh train tracks on fire well not set them on fire but they right. had these burner kind of things to keep them warm so that's what caught my interest. I'm like, that's very interesting. I never knew that. And I was, I was like, man, it was, it's cold in uh, Chicago. And then they played the, the initial Jesse Smollett report. And I'm like, bull crap. I'm calling. And my wife and my daughter, you know, I'm like, man, I'm a child. And this goes into now, were they Did they believe it initially? They were all in? Well, I don't think 
really cared. I mean, because I mean, but well, well, like, hold on uh, a second. Now, hold on a second. Yeah. It's important because here uh-huh. we have two women, Ados, mm-hmm. and the claim is, hey, they're lynching brothers out there. Th- they didn't care, so the whole idea was stupid. Well, of course, it was really only to trigger white people, but that. <laughs> I said it, didn't I? Goggles back on? Or no, 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 no. That's the, that's the, you hit it right on the head. This wasn't for us. Mm-hmm. This wasn't for our consumption. Got it. Because you're not walking Chicago. Random white dudes is walking up on black dudes in Chicago. <laughs> no, none of, yeah. Sha- Sha- <laughs> none of that sounds right. Not, none of this sounds right. But like I said, the, the, the deal sealer for me was you're not going out for Subway. Uh, unless Subway means something totally different. <laughs> if you're talking about Jared, I mean, but I'll, I digress. I digress fully on that one. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, unless you're going to Subway for some pizza, but I, I don't get going out at that time of night to go get Subway. When we, like we said, we have car services, DoorDash was up and coming then, Uber Eats, all these things, and you're going out to go get Subway and I mean, we're talking about... Do what everyone else does. Make a grilled cheese. Come on. You're not going to go out. And the ramen noodles. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, right. that's a good that's a good uh, bedtime snack right there. The yeah. Grilled cheese and a good, exactly. good pot of ramen. Uh, but yeah, that that's what did it for me. And a person that agrees with me is the only black juror on the trial. Uh, and this is him being interviewed that said his story makes no sense. A juror who convicted actor Jesse Smollett for making up his story about being attacked on the streets of Chicago is speaking out today. He was actually the lone black juror on the case, and he's confident he made the right decision because to him, Smollett's testimony made no sense. The lone black juror on the Jussie Smollett trial is speaking out for the first time. In this exclusive interview with WLS-TV, Andre Hope says Smollett's claim that he was attacked in a hate crime by the Osendaro brothers simply made no sense. Two o'clock in the morning, cold outside. When you just use your common sense as what's there, yeah, it just it didn't add up. Hope said one critical piece of evidence that convinced him Smollett made up the story was the noose which police video showed Smollett leaving on his neck for cops to see. As an African American person, I'm not putting that noose back on at all. Um, I didn't realize that he he was the lone black juror, which they pointed out incessantly. Is that something that's in there set up for an appeal? Like racist jury? I, I doubt it. I mean, I, I think they want this thing to go away, mm. but um, yeah, it's just interesting that that would be the makeup of a jury in chicago a jury of his peers well i guess his peers are white i mean where you get you know you had these disqualifying questions have you heard yeah. of the story do right, you have feelings right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and if you ask me as a jurist like why you, you feel like this it's, uh, like, <laughs> he's crazy first of all you go you're going outside that cold this is another this is another general generalization that we're talking about irony as as a just Severe generalization. Oh, I get to do Black it in a minute too. Go, go, go! Yeah. Black people hate cold weather. Now, <laughs> wait. Does, does this does this go along with black people really don't dig swimming? No, I think that's a new thing. Oh, really? I'm, yes, because my father, all their uncles, everybody could swim. Um, just as a quick story, they would throw you in. <laughs> they would basically take you to the water hole, the swimming hole, wherever else. 
and they would throw you in. And that's how you learn. And, you, and that's how you learn. Um, my brother is definitely afraid of water until he went to the military uh, because my uncle grabbed him and gave him the old tradition of throwing you in. Mm-hmm. And him and my dad got to a big dust up over that. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, <laughs> but, oh but really? Was, yeah, so I think this, this swimming thing is more of a generational thing. But cold weather, I'm telling you, as a survey, if you ask any black person, are you going back out to get subway in this temperature? No. And like I said, that's a generalization, but no, sir, we don't do the cold weather. Got it. Uh, <laughs> not at all. I don't uh, either, Mo. Believe me, I don't either. That's 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 too much. Um, so we stopped it. It makes no sense. Uh, let's go ahead and get to the part two of the juror. The 63-year-old retired civil servant says he had never seen the TV show Empire and knew very little about Smollett before being selected to the jury. I was shocked. I was completely shocked that I was even picked. At that point, I took it very seriously. He says he was disappointed to see he was the only black person on the panel. How can we say that this is a a jury of your peers when there's only one African-American? And there were plenty there. So you could have got two, three, four. African-Americans can handle the truth, too. And we can give an impartial judgment on a case. And while he has no (laughs) No. doubts about Smollett's guilt, he's still left with one lingering mystery. I still have not figured out a motive to why this had to even happen. He was a star. Smollett is awaiting his sentencing. He could face up to 15 years in prison, but the juror says he hopes Smollett only gets probation and that Hollywood gives him a second chance. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. I don't know about that. So the jury of the peers thing, I think we need to do a better job of having peers, but as I said before, when they're doing jury picking, certain questions can disqualify you like are you aware of him on empire that might disqualify uh, right. a, a certain segment of black people do you have an opinion on this case mm-hmm. it was such a huge social media Everyb- story. everybody knew about it yeah right you for him not to say he didn't know who jesse smollett was and he never seen the show that makes him rare um right. just amongst black people because it was kind of that kind of thing like uh yeah, we we're not rocking with Jesse. But, on this one. but you're Jesse. um you're you're correct there, I think, because with every other high profile jury selection we've seen, it's been oh it's racist makeup, too many white people. And this one wasn't all they tried it, but it, I don't think it played the same way. And I think you're right. It's like make it go away. We don't yeah. care. And nobody wanted to be on this jury, trust me, because yeah. this do, do you did was anybody really impartial? I mean, they do this thing. Have you heard about the dude? It's kind of hard not to hear about this right, story. Right. So, uh, of course, a lot of people probably disqualify themselves with their opinions on the case. So, with that said, so he had one, two questions there. One, why did he leave the noose on his neck? So, we may need a little theorem in here, maybe not. But this was my answer to Star, because Star had the same question, which I had to answer. I felt compelled <laughs> to call in, and I was shaking like a leaf on the tree because... Naturally, I'm not a public speaker. I'm not afraid of public speaking, but just like, um, okay, just the first time being on the line, it was like, oh, you know, the kind of thing. But um, to me, I, th- I saw it as a Masonic ritual because part of the Masonic ritual is to leave a noose around your neck. And that was my answer to him oh. on the esoteric um, boule kind of topic. Uh, now you brought up the anti-lynching bill, which that was explained in the uh, in the just you know the political realm. But 
This was some kind of humiliation ritual. Huh. I see. And that was my that was my original take on this case. And then two, he asked, why? Why would he do this? And hopefully <laughs> in these next few sets of clips, I answered that. So before we get into it, you anything you, you else you want to say? No, I'm good. Let's move forward. All right, so now we have to get into Miss Kim Fox and her celebrity ties. <laughs> yeah, Kim Fox is the district uh, attorney. Yes, for for Sur- Cook County. Sur- sister number one. Yes, numero uh, uno. Yeah. Well, not number one, but she's one of the one of the OG Soros sisters. Today, we're piecing together Cook County State's Attorney Kim Fox's connections to certain celebrities. And CBS 2 Suzanne Lemignot learned it includes a presidential candidate. Asked directly if she is friends with actor Jussie Smollett's sisters or anyone in the actor's family, Cook County State's Attorney Kim Fox said, I am not. But a Fox mentor does have a connection to the Empire star and his family. That Senator and Democratic presidential candidate, Kamala Harris. Time's up! What's up? In this January Instagram video, Harris is seen with Smollett and his sister Journey in a Time's Up rally in Los Angeles. After Smollett's alleged attack in Chicago, Harris tweeted her support for the Empire Star, saying, Smollett is one of the kindest, most gentle human beings I know. I'm praying for his quick recovery. After he was charged, she backpedaled on her support and what she had called an attempted modern-day lynching. Ah, there it is. <laughs> so, so, so Kim, Kim Fox is, has close ties to Kamala Harris. I think uh, Kamala Harris ran Kim Fox transition team when she won her uh, her spot in uh, in Chicago politics at the DA. Oh, yeah. So they're co- they're, cl- they're close. Oh, they're yeah. they're close, close. Which now we understand who Kim Fox really is. The power of the DA, and this is one of our original conversations when I when I um uh told you about the Soros sisters mm-hmm. and and what they were trying to do politically. Uh, and now we're seeing all mayhem is breaking loose three years later in these uh, in every single uh, city where there's a Soros sister where they're throwing people back out on the street who belong in jail. Correct. Which, if you want to use that logic, then Jesse Smollett shouldn't go to jail. Can, you, you see oh, just, oh it's, totally. It's, of course. Have you seen New York, by the way, the new, uh, uh, st- I think, state's attorney there or district attorney? Yes. It's, it's a dude. Same thing. It's like, well, if it was a weapon, it wasn't a gun, then it'll just be downgraded. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, mean, I think when um, Ron Mary was on his way out, Lori Lightfoot was on her way in. In, yeah. So uh, all of this has, you know, political implications bigger than Chicago. We're yeah. talking about a mass rollout across the country, revisioning the justice system, which we talked about justice saying at plenty of times on this show that we're not talking about fairness. Or the rule of law we're talking about uh the spirit of justice that they like to talk about yeah um so with that said let's go ahead and get into the second part of this kim fox celebrity ties fox has long shown her appreciation for harris on fox's twitter page she writes of harris i would not be where i am today without her guidance during my first run for political office and she has continued to mentor me as i work to reform the criminal justice system in cook county mm. Fox is often photographed with celebrities. 
Here on her Facebook page, she's with Grammy winner John Legend at an event about the impact of violence on young people. In this February 28th post, she's with the Reverend Jesse Jackson. Smollett did his community service at Jackson's Rainbow Push organization. Fox also attended the pre-Oscar event for Emily's List 2019 and was part of the red carpet arrivals. Here, she's seen on Lisa Ling's Instagram. She was also given the 2018 Gabrielle Giffords Rising Star Award by Emily's List. The organization which supports female candidates for office gave Fox the award for her commitment to making positive change in her community. <laughs> Emily's List also endorsed Kamala Harris for the Senate. We reached out to Harris for comment. We haven't heard back. Mm-hmm. Live in the newsroom, Suzanne LeMigno, CBS 2 News. Well, the gang is all together. <laughs> yes, the gang is all together. And you heard Kim Fox say her, well, her quote saying, Kamala is working with her to reimagine <laughs> the justice system. Yes. It's like Hello. Disney. It's like Disney. We reimagine. We reimagine it all. Yeah. Yeah. And to go to the, you know, just the political explanation why he left the noose on, it was the lynching bill. Yep. yep well, yep. this lynching thing was laid out. Let me back up a little bit because they brought up Tom, Tom's Up as well. Yeah. Which Tom's Up is synonymous with who? Oprah Winfrey. Uh, I'm not making the connection. Okay, Time's Up was Oprah Winfrey when she came to the Golden Golden Globes. I think it was in 2018. Oh, no, it was maybe 2019. It was... the date's not important. But oh, is that when out. is that when they launched Times Up and yes. Alyssa Milano was out there and they were all they all had special dress on or something? They, or? they were all were black. Ah, yeah. And okay. All, yes, and they I all remember. were activists, which was this was a COVID meetup. Is what it was. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And she came out there. She's like, like, basically, what they did was hijack Me Too and rebrand it to Time. Yes, Up. with with Hollywood people. Yes, right. that was the whole point. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. but with that, they they she had Times Up going, uh, which you heard Jesse Smollett and his sister was part of that whole push. Yep. So he's an active. He's a real activist, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 his sister is too. Uh, journey which we're going to get into a little later but and that was the sister communicating with uh kim fox got it which i see is maybe being one of his one of his handlers um in this whole thing so we got times up going we have the anti-lynching bill but what we have to go back is one year prior to the rollout of the anti-lynching bill when back in early 2018 we have oprah winfrey on 60 minutes and she does this, and really, you're going to have to watch the Lost Tape to get this visual, but let me lay out the visual. They go inside this memorial to the victims of lynching, and what they have is these panels hanging from the roof that's kind of like the size of bodies, and as you walk into it, uh, the room elevates, so like it's like the panels are hanging higher and higher. They're supposed to be representative of the hanging people. So it's a very traumatic experience to go into this uh, memorial. Don't take my word for it. This is Oprah Winfrey, 60 Minutes, uh, inside a memorial to the victims of lynching. So you start with them at eye level, and then on this corridor, they begin to rise. And then you get to this corridor, and this is when you begin to confront the scale of all of these lynchings. Whoa. This is something. Yes. Yes, we wanted people to have a sense of just the scale of what this violence, what this terrorism 
was. So this is over 4,000 yeah. that have been documented, but of course there are more. Thousands more. Thousands more. Thousands more. And will we ever even know how many? We will never know. Every name has its own story. Yes, that's right. And this was a minister, Reverend T.A. Allen, who began talking to sharecroppers about their rights. And because he was doing that, the plantation owners, the, the landowners got together and they, they lynched him. And the proof they used that he was somebody worthy of lynching is that when they found his body, uh, he had a piece of paper that talked about sharecropper rights. And the other piece of paper he had in his suit jacket was a note that said, every man a king. A lot of these folks were lynched because they showed too much dignity. They showed too much humanity. He just wanted to be respected as a human being. Mm-hmm. And it got him hanged. Oh, I have some questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm realizing that... Um, I'm just thinking... Okay. I want to understand the triggering of the lynchings for ADOS. Okay. Uh, because of course I grew up and I was educated, uh, about the lynchings and just sitting here listening to what she's saying. Um, I really have no idea, um, from a historical perspective, I don't know exactly when this took place. I don't know, uh, uh, was it a certain period? Was there a certain reason? Was it only sharecroppers? Was it, you know, uh, I, I would say that probably, I've been educated like, oh, runaway slaves get lynched. I really don't know jack shit about the lynching. And I think that as a child, when I was taught this, I disassociated what I saw in the pictures from America, from anything that was even even possible. I'm like, okay, well, I'm glad that shit's over. I need a little bit more background on how that is for you. Okay. So this is where, okay, let me start with the Jesse Smollett using the lynching and Oprah and Kamala using lynching. Lynching has a very specific traumatic trigger for black people in America, ADOS, however you want to label it, because that was the control mechanism on the plantation or that's that's the, how the narrative goes that you take uh, a very uh, defiant or disobedient slave. You rope them up, and this is all, this is plantation. So we got to talk about slave during slavery, post slavery. Mm-hmm. During slavery, it was used as a control mechanism on the plantation to say you take a defiant slave, you rope him up, and you hang him. Sometimes they were burned, dismembered, all 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 the above. Uh, they would even take souvenirs. Um, so that was on the plantation post slavery. It was still a use as a control mechanism, but it also became a kind of like a, uh, public celebration, which is not, I want to, and I got a whole nother show. I'm going to talk about lynching on, but I just want to make it oh, okay, quick, good. quick. Good. Yeah. So, yeah. Cause it, it, but because it, it, it warrants that. They know what they're doing when they use the term lynching, when they put that rope around his neck, whoever did it, when she rolls out this thing. With, but, uh, but but if this was yeah. to trigger white people, uh-huh. um, I don't think it works that well. Well, they ha- you have to be educated. See, this is the whole point of the memorial. This is the whole point of... Uh, of uh, them yes, rolling this yes, out yes, to yes, educate yes. you how bad lynching was. Now, let me make it clear. Lynching was terrible. 
and they like I said, they would burn you, dismember you. Um, but it was not exclusive to black people because the the rope, the law, the rope is just as American and predates America going back to English as one. You know, they had yeah, systems yeah, of yeah. how to hang people publicly. Okay, that I, was the whole point of it. So but it was just as a as an informational data point. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a white American in you know the East Coast, and of course I. I bopped around. You know, I did go international school, but the topic was covered. But it really was never covered in that to that degree. It was something that was really messed up, and it happened, and we dealt with. And you know, just you can forget about it because it's never going to happen again. Does that make any sense? That it, yeah, it, it, that's the, the severity that's of it was never. You know, I never knew how many. Uh, this muse- museum sounds super interesting, but mm-hmm. I think that you're right. The knowledge is. If we're going to trigger white people, we got to educate them because they don't know they don't know shit. Because we don't, right, that, we don't. That's the whole point of it. The yeah. whole push from Oprah uh, a year ahead of the, time, a year ahead of right. time. Yeah, we have to educate them on this so they can feel the obligation to vote the way we want them to vote. And the reason why Jesse Smollett got such a hard pushback: you don't play with lynching for black people. Um, even somebody getting a you would have to kill me to get a rope around my neck, right? I mean, that's that's that another thing with the story. Like the guy was saying, how, how do he let them get that rope around his neck and then to leave it on? And yeah. then a further story is he took it off and then put, put it, it on back again on to <laughs> yeah. put it on. No, no, that was, it's, it, I'm triggered right now to thinking about <laughs> the fact that somebody putting a rope around my neck. You no, you don't play because what that is on a human. Let's just take it back one step back. When somebody puts something around your neck, that could be a leash. Or to kill you. You know, the human nature is, is you're not no, going to get yeah. that kind of control on right, me right. or over me just on a human level. But then when you've been indoctrinated with trauma based entertainment of the strange fruit from Billie Holiday yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, with the, um, like I said, every movie has illusion of, of in modern day era of illusions of hanging, which, like I said, lynching happened. And the real problem with lynching. In modern day times was the mob justice that came along with it, where let just say, for instance, oh, this guy did it. Let's go in. Let's but the, the guards or the sheriff would pretty much turn the guy over to the mob. They would string him up right there, judge, jury, executioner, or they would put pressure on the judge yeah. to have a mock trial, basically. And then let's just go ahead and hang him. So that was the real I mean, like it was more the. Uh, like I said, the modern day hanging, um, that was the issue because that was you. There is no justice. <laughs> there is it's mob it's mob rule, right? So and 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 reason why it was triggered for me is I'm old enough to know grandparents, aunts, everything else saying don't go down certain roads because black men disappeared on that road. Uh, when you go out at night, um, you travel with somebody else, or you don't even go out at night. I mean, mm-hmm. this this is in this your lifetime. In your lifetime, in my lifetime, we had like this going to this corner store. There was a road that would cut between our house and the corner store, but you didn't take that dirt road. You better not get caught on that dirt road. You had to take the long way to the corner store. And this is like I said, I'm born in 1980, so it, I find it very disgusting that they would use this as a political tool or a triggering thing. So that's why it's also highly risky. 
I think it's a, it was a risky strategy to start with. They overestimated what they could do with this for, for all the reasons we're talking about. You get there's a <laughs> lot of moving parts to that to just to try and reconfigure the American mind in a year's time. I think it was weak, well, weak two plan. years because you got to think this was 2018. early 2018. That, that Oprah had this whole memorial rolling out. But the beauty of the taking the lynch, and I hate to use the word beauty of it, but politically from their perspective, the beauty of it was we don't know how many lynches happened. So we can keep finding more and more right, cases in the past right, right, to trigger right, you right. on where now if you want something in the future, as with Jesse, we got to manufacture it. It's a lot so easier. The, so they were really to, taking a page out of the Holocaust Museum playbook. Yes. Got it. It's, it's perpetual victims, mm-hmm. whereas now, like with Jussie, it's a risk. We can't do these hoaxes anymore. It's cameras on every corner. Yep. There's, you know what I'm saying? There's tracking of every, So we need something that can be, you know, uh, uh, repeatable. And that's why I think they took the lynching uh, bill aspect of it. And either way you want to look at it, maybe just Jussie and his sister or his handlers were like, hey, we can throw uh, Kamala Alley with this whole lynching hoax. And it runs great with her, um, with her initiative that's coming down the line with the anti lynching bill, or somebody put in the call to say, "Hey, Jesse, activate." I don't know. I can't speculate to how that happened. <laughs> oh God! Hey, Jesse, activation time! <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, um. So. With that said, you heard her jump on the lynching, throw the lynching terms in there. So yep. I think we stopped. Uh, 17 is next. Oprah. Yeah, so let's go ahead and listen to Kamala and her on the, I think, the House floor discussing the Senate, anti-lynching Senate bill. Floor, I mean, yes, me, Senate. Senate floor, excuse me. The Senate floor discussing the anti-lynching bill. James Baldwin once said that, quote, not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. And that is why we are here again today to face the history of lynching in this country. From 1882 to 1986, the United States Congress failed to pass anti-lynching legislation when it had the opportunity more than 200 times. We have an opportunity once again to right this wrong and face the ugly history of lynching in America. And let's recall this stain on America's history, lynching. It was an act of terror. It was murder. These were summary executions. Victims of lynching were dragged out of their homes. They had ropes wrapped around their necks. They were hanged on trees. In many cases, they were castrated and burned as crowds of people watched and applauded. And the premise underlying all of these acts was that black people were not full human beings. According to the Equal Justice Initiative, lynching was used as an instrument of terror and intimidation 4,084 times during the late 19th and 20th centuries. You know, and that's, that's Oprah's number. Listen to this. Mm-hmm. This was about the presidency of the United States of America. Mm-hmm. And there's this group of people, uh, including Soros, all in on this, all in on Kamala, and we're going to make her and the Democratic Party. And I, I, I don't know if uh, 
Hill, Hills was in on, on it, the Clintons. I don't know if this was just a fraction. But if, if it, I mean, to become president, the power that you have, what you can do, I mean, you could you can address printing trillions of dollars, you can go to war, all these things. If these people truly were genuine and they really wanted to make her president, they should have hung Jussie Smollett up for real. That would have worked. Like real hanging. Oops. But like I said, and with this psych with the surveillance state we live in, see, that's the that's the problem. They're trying to balance two things. It's one, we're living in a surveillance state, which I'm gonna make it clear right now that we're headed towards another crime bill. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> this whole thing, the whole uh uh what what uh, what will what solution? will the yummy what will little yummy be who will be the poster child of the new crime bill well it's these smashing grabs yes it's, i know i know yeah exactly it's completely law um lawlessness which is being done by people like kim fox so and, and it's gonna ratchet up the very thing that caught jesse Smollett and his cohorts is increased surveillance to the point where there will be robots doing the surveillance there will be, you know, things riding up and down the sidewalk. Well, we're all, we, we already have the, uh, yeah, that'll be for the poor people. And as you stated uh, a long time ago, uh, private police, it's popping up everywhere. Private police force. And and I know cops here in Hill Country who are saying, you know, uh, one, of my, one of my buddies, he wanted to go back on the force. And after the, um, uh, what's her name, the Potter trial? Mm-hmm. Um, he said, "Oh, I'm not going back." He says, "Good, bad, or indifferent. If 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 the city council, if the if the mayor, if the if the police chief, if no one has your back, why take the risk?" He says, "And I, and I can go work for private police force, be eating pizza all night, and make twice as much money." So then you get worse cops, yeah, more of crime, course, worse of course. cops, more crime devolves. They'll make they'll make the poor black people. And those communities beg for something to happen. And what they're going to do, give you is robotic policing, which is another level to surveillance to yeah. your ring doorbell. Yeah. Your ring doorbell will have wheels <laughs> riding up and down the sidewalk. So that's, the, that's where we're headed. But yeah. they're going to make us beg for it the same way they introduced drugs in 94. More drugs, handcuff the police. Uh, you had the Rodney King thing that happened uh, that put police on, on watch. Or say, well, I don't really want to do anything. More crime, more drugs. Then they say, okay, beg for mass incarceration. You got it? Yeah. Mass incarceration, less fathers, more crime. So this whole thing Rinse, is... repeat. Yeah, there's no... Nobody's on our side in this whole thing. Do you think Soros is on your side? I don't think so. Uh, and and as you said, they don't have to string Jesse Smell It Up. They don't have to... I mean, like you said, people are in formation. Yep. Half the people are thinking that he was almost strung up, which is uh, is even better because he's not a martyr. You see what I'm saying? He's a icon. He's a he's a fighter. He's a rider. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like I said, that that's even better in their eyes. So I guess we can go ahead and move on to now. This is uh, Kim Fox facing calls to resign. 
I'd walk there in Chicago. Okay, let's stay in Chicago and get this story. Cook County, Illinois, District Attorney Kim Fox facing calls for her resignation after allegedly lying about her contacts with Jussie Smollett's family before she ultimately dropped the original charges against the actor. Fox said publicly she stopped talking to Smollett's sister after he became a suspect, but a special prosecutor's report finds Fox continued communicating with her days after. Let's bring in former DOJ prosecutor Jim Trusty. I think this is quite amazing. I want to read from the retired judge, Sheila O'Brien, who said Kim Fox should resign. This report shows she is a liar, that her administration is in chaos, and that she's blaming everyone else. She should resign. Taxpayers deserve better, and Mrs. Preckwinkle, her mentor, should take no part in replacing Fox. Cook County government needs to clean house. And basically, this text showed that Smollett's sister and Fox were in communication, and Fox says, your brother should be fine as long as he stays consistent. How does she stay in the job after this? Hmm. Yeah, maybe only in Cook County. I don't know. I mean, look, Kim, uh, Dana, Kim Fox is a progressive prosecutor who broke from the strength of the case to her contact with Jussie's sister uh, to even Jussie Smollett's criminal record. They kept saying publicly he has no criminal record. He had a DUI with, of all things, a false statement to police conviction. That's a pretty material piece of information that they lied about. <laughs> oh, man. So this is where equity plays into it. Even if he did it and it's a hoax, stick to your story, Jesse or Juicy. We got you. You know what I'm saying? Just stick right. to and Now people <laughs> wonder why uh, Juicy is sticking to his story and, and seems like he's crazy. It's like, we know we know what happened, but he's like, nope, it didn't happen. And it's gaslighting. Yeah. It's gaslighting to people that know what happened or we have surveillance information that proves what happened, but he's still saying, nope, I was attacked. And that people in formation believe him uh, and, and just keeps gaslighting and they have their hand on the uh, justice mechanism. So it's like, hey, we're, you're good. You just you just keep to your story uh, and he's going to come out gold on the other side of this because to a certain segment of society, uh, he did what he had to do. He's a hero. Now, what sure. that is now what that is, what he did <laughs> is a whole nother story or what was done to him. Uh, and we'll leave that as a cliff light hanger, but um, let's go ahead and get into the second part of uh, this clip. But the conversation with the sister is astounding to me because it really walks right up to the line of obstruction of justice. She's sitting here telling him, telling the sister, now that I know he's a suspect, as long as he's consistent, as in keeping with that false story, mm-hmm. he should be okay. That's an amazing moment for a public official, a prosecutor, yeah. to be mm-hmm. coaching that. If you see it that way, and many others see it that way, why does the state and the county disagree? I mean, last night, Cook County in Illinois came out with a statement saying, we disagree with the state has found against Kim Fox. Why? Yeah, I don't know what the political loyalties are there. I mean, Cook County certainly has, a, I think, a well-earned reputation for political mischief. But th- this is just outrageous to the citizens of Chicago. Mm-hmm. You've got a chief law enforcement officer who is lying over and over again to cut a sweetheart deal for a two-bit actor just because that's what she wants to do. It has nothing to do with justice, everything to do with personal favoritism. And the lies are something that shouldn't be tolerated no matter which city you're in, no matter which state's attorney's mm-hmm. office. Your chief law enforcement official should not be out there repeatedly lying about demonstrably false things. Well, and the other thing is, what about the breakdown in trust between police officers out there with their lives on the line and prosecutors like Kim Fox? Well, the uh, celebrities, the actors, 
And a lot of news folks are on camera in the very early days showing their support for Jesse. Mm -hmm. uh, Jesse Smollett and maybe Kim Fox was right there with him. Mm -hmm. We will see. Thank Jim, you, thank Jim. you. Nice to see you, Jim Trusty. Thanks. You know, I listened to that and, and I'm, I have, I'm so hopeful for America, but I think we have to go through another round of massive bullcrap. You, you may be right about a new crime bill. That, that, it, this is so intentional. <laughs> it's, it's textbook. It's, it's, it really they, is. Their, their whole, Jesse was in a great spot because no matter what, he's going he's gonna to land in a good spot. Yeah. Uh, even if he just took one for the team, you know, they got the story out there, with the distraction, uh, Soros has his people in, in all the spots that he, I mean, this was a plan strategic, you know, uh, takeover of the whole judicial system. And as they were saying in this clip, they were saying, uh, what about the distrust between the cops and the, and the DA and the, yeah. you know, the, the, between law and order, right? You have uh, law being, you know, the the legal system, and you have order being the law enforcement uh, system, and there's a there's a wedge driven there, which it couldn't turn out any better for Soros. And when I say Soros, I think the old man has sat down, and this is the new, this is his son, his kid, yeah, uh, yeah. This is his son. This is a new playbook that's being played. What's his? Um, what's is it? Andy Andrew? I think I, I think it's Al, Alex. I believe Alex. It's yeah, Alex. yeah, yeah. Yes. Alex Soros. You're right. That's you're the right. one we need to keep our eye our eye on. I don't think it's a uh, new playbook. Uh, I think you're right. He's probably been running it for a while. Actually, now I think about it. Right, and, and you see that, and so the, before we get into the people that support Jesse, let's get into the people that's supporting us. <laughs> yes, and uh, for what we're doing here is always explained at the top of our uh, our donation segments. First, the white man and the black man have to be able to sit down at the same table. The white man has to feel free to speak his mind without hurting the feelings of that Negro. And the so-called Negro has to feel free to speak his mind without hurting the feelings of the white man. Then they can bring the issues that are under the rug out on top of the table and take an intelligent approach to get the problem solved. That's the only way that they'll ever do it. That's right. And by doing that today, we have uh, uncovered some interesting things. Uh, habits of men in America with their clothes. Uh, we have <laughs> we have discussed lynching quite quite some differences in how these things were taught and perceived. This is why I love this show. And a lot of people love it as well and are supporting it. And uh, particularly important now uh, in this time of uncertainty, as Mo and I discussed at the at the top of the show. So let's thank our executive and associate executive producers who have supported us uh, in the past, uh, even over our break, which is highly appreciated. Uh, and as you know, you can do that by going to mofax.com, uh, clicking on donate or uh, directly to the donation page, mofundme.com. Or, of course, use one of those modern podcast apps and, uh, and send us some, uh, some digital love, spray some sats our way. We kick it off with, uh, no doubt, the big baller of uh, the show. Baller! Shot caller, 20 inch blades on the Impala. That is Blake, Michigan, 444.44. Blake, thank you. Mo and Adam, at Blake, Michigan, from noagendasocial.com, yes. The Chi Town chapter. I didn't have Mo's next hill chirp, so I wrote this note instead. It's all right, we have the uh, sound effects for you. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Nextel chirp. Just wanted to send some payment for services rendered and to keep activating the podcast. Peace to you and your families. Mo, if you are not aware already, this podcast is a national treasure. You're like a history detective. 
MC with the best jam master DJ in the house. There you go. I drop the MoFax on hip folks wherever I go. Started with episode 60, Q Hopium, but have been going back and listening since episode one. I've learned so much and felt justified so many times while listening. Uh, you could create a MoFax university just by adding a test at the end of each episode. Thanks for paying attention to everything and revealing the truth. No requests. Merry Christmas. Um, it is a universe. This is a university level course. And uh, for those of you wondering, I'm working on restoring the first four episodes to the feed. That's a, a glitch. I'm going to fix it. Thanks. Oh, and another glitch, I have to say this. I got emails saying that you had the fake Nextel chirp. Uh, what? So, uh, yeah, yeah. They were, they were, they, Nextel, man, it's, 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 it's the new thing. Maybe you can get a, a branding deal with them uh, for the off, <laughs> off the grid walkie-talkie. Okay. No, but yeah, I, I, you know that uh, that chirp thing that was the yeah. wrong one, and I got some. Yeah, near so. That's the uh, that's the correct one. This is the right one. Yes, this is the right one because they were saying you had to boost mobile uh, for people. Oh, okay. Yes, <laughs> that depends it's on how you grew up. Thing. If you had it's boost mobile or not. <laughs> All right, we go to uh, our next executive producer, Zoe Hannon, 233. Thank you for all the brain food, Zoe writes. Thank you for all the hard work. I was once a deadbeat, but now I see the light. Merry Christmas. Well, I think we should be deadbeat you. Congratulations. You're no longer a deadbeat. We see 105 from David Forrest, who's a listener since an episode somewhere in the 30s. He writes, I learned about you from No Agenda. I want to show my support. And believe in the V4V model. Top-notch content, sir. Merry Christmas. Thank you very much, David. It's great. Judy Sigsby, $100. Dear Mo and Adam, in these crazy times, many of us are lacking some family this holiday season. Thank you so much for creating this powerful podcast that has spawned the Facts family. I appreciate them all. Tiger Auntie called a few of us out last week, and it made me smile for hours at the unexpected kindness. So back at you, Tiger Auntie. I have to say hello to Andrea, Ben E., who is enduring Australia's craziness, DS now 556 and Sean N. I'm sure I'm missing someone, so there's always a next time. Love and a joyous holiday to all. Thank you, Judy. Appreciate that. These are still all executive producers for episode number 73. Madeline Pedinati, $100. Mo, I'm officially no longer a deadbeat that just listens. I want to contribute, throw a little extra Christmas cheer you and Adam's way after all I've gained from listening to the show. Congratulations. You're no longer a deadbeat. And as an open door invitation to come back sometime in 2022 to our show, The Voluntary Vixens. Did I I didn't I didn't know you did The Voluntary Vixens? Yes, I am I have been busy and that's one of the first uh guest appearances I did. Uh that was a while ago, but I will be uh somehow putting all the guest spots uh up on um the platforms so people can hear them. I know it's kind of hard to keep track of where I'm going, but in 2022, I'm going to be like the little Wayne, where I'm going to do all kind of guest appearances. So, <laughs> little Wayne. so y'all be prepared. As long as you don't become Kevin Hart, then everything's fine. Of course not. We're not sitting in anybody's <laughs> lap. <laughs> oh, short person joke. Mean. No, no, no. He said that was a thing. Like he, that instead of putting, oh, that, yeah, dress, you're he, right. You're right. That yeah, was he went thing. one step further, but he's hopping in the lap. He took, took it yeah. a bit far. I digress. We had such a great conversation with you, and I know I really appreciate having the opportunities to interact with you. We all have so much to learn from each other, and I think your show highlights the fact incredibly well with each episode and what you and Adam bring to the table. I always walk away wowed and promoting it to others to check out and enrich themselves as well as the knowledge to be gained. Merry Christmas 
Not sure when this will drop, but thanks again from yours truly, Maddie the Vixen. I gotta listen to this show. It's a good show. Brandon Archer, uh, $100. D dead beat me, please. Of course, Brandon. Thank you. Congratulations. You're no longer a deadbeat. Okay, I'm gonna try this. Oliemi, I think. Oliemi Fawahinimi. That's how I said it as well. Oliemi Fahinimi. Oh. Not even Fawahinimi. a Not even a note. No pronunciation guide, but highly appreciated. Thank you very much. $100. That's our final executive producer. Now we have our associate executive producers, starting with Stephanie Cosgrove, 8416. Aloha from the Big Island, Mo and Adam. This donation is a gift to my smoking hot husband, uh, Jerry Emeka. So please add his name to the list of producers and de-deadbeat him. Congratulations. You're no longer... A deadbeat. These uh, executive and associate executive producerships are, um, these are great gifts. It's a great stocking stuffer. I mean, I know we're past Christmas, but for next year. Or, you know, for Valentine's Day or Easter. Choose your Mm -hmm. favorite holiday. Uh, When we discovered your show earlier this year, he went back to binge all the episodes, partially melting his brain. (laughs) But mostly validating that he is, in fact, not crazy for his years of questioning what's happening in our society. Big thank you to Mo's beautifully crafted rabbit holes. This donation of $84.16 represents our first date, August 4th, 2016. That's right, and you've never had a fight. And the moment my life was forever changed by this gold mine of a man without whom I fear I would have been carried away on the woke train forever, lost to fear, porn, and white guilt. Thank you, sweet husband, for bringing me into the light and shepherding our family. I also love to de-deadbeat myself with a talent donation. I'm a graphic designer with over 16 years of marketing and branding experience. Mo, what do you need? I recently got a job offer rescinded after not complying with their (laughs) Vaseline mandate, even for fully remote workers. So please give us a jobs karma as well as a goat woosa. It's our son's favorite. Time to subvert the subverters. Mahalo. From Stephanie. So let me see. I have a goat wusa and uh and a mo and a D-Deadbeat. and a D dead beat. Now do you do, yes. do, looks sounds like there's some work that uh, she wants to do. Oh, yeah, she she actually sent another donation. It was one sent to give me her contact information. Ah. And, for, and for anybody else that wants to uh offer their talent. Uh, I mean, in your time, if you're saying in this time where you in the treasure might not be the, you're saying the greatest due to the situation like she's in, uh, you can contact me at uh, mofax at gmail.com uh, and I'll send you the book, the booking link so we can sit down and see how you can help. But I appreciate all the that value as well in advance. Yeah, very nice. Congratulations. You're no longer a deadbeat. Ooh. Jobs, 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 and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. Mocom. There we go. Bowen Asser, uh, Asserson. Asserson. Yeah. Bowen Asserson, $75. Mo, where are you? It's Thursday. I'm having an imaginary panic attack since this week's episode has not hit yet. <laughs> Even Mo needs to take a little time off for the family. <laughs> MoFax is simply the single best podcast available. I love No Agenda and Joe Riffin, but it's not even close. Mo delivers every single time, so thank you both for the value you bring to my day. 
add this to my $25 from last week and bless me and mo bless me with mo karma thank you very much you betcha ma'am <laughs> you've got mo karma 7373 from Curtis Collins uh wants uh celebration mm-hmm. you haven't played that in a long time do i still have that here somewhere we need we need we need one for new year's anyway so it's very appropriate that we play that one uh, yeah i'm trying to see uh, well what did we take that off the the instant it's, it's, it's jesse lee peterson so it might be in that uh uh, uh, no, I got special it. Special container. We got to keep his clips. Yeah, I got it. It's, <laughs> it's it, so it, potent. It, it has a, it has a like those snap locks on. It's a little tough to get off, but we all we'll be okay. Uh, a as well. Wishing everyone in the facts and no agenda family a merry Christmas, happy holiday. Let's speak to reach. Much love, Kurt and Jen. Okay, so we need the. Uh, I'm gonna send the Wusa. There we go. Celebration. <laughs> Come on. It's a celebration. Celebration. Wusa. 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 Douglas7321, keep up the good work, gentlemen. Please D deadbeat me. Do that right away for you, no problem. Congratulations. You're no longer. A deadbeat. Mo Karma for all the facts, family. Together, our work will pull us through this craziness. Merry Christmas. Happy, healthy, prosperous New Year, uh, says Doug. You betcha, man. Thank you very much. And uh, roll out a little Mo Karma for you here. <laughs> You've got Mo Karma. Then we got uh, Matthew Evans, $73. This is all uh, show uh, number donations, of course. Happy belated birthday. Turned 32 on the 3rd, so our combined ages equal 73. Anyway, I'm Devil's Haircut 29 on Instagram. I live in Hendersonville and have messaged you in the past about how I think the Forest City area is really going to take off soon. Might be something to think about if you become untethered to a location. Good luck, my friend. Thank you for all you do. And I think you're already good, right? You're solid where you're at now. Uh, yes, <clears throat> but um, yeah, that, that area is really taking off due to Facebook and everything. So ah, <laughs> he is okay. correct on that. He is correct on that analysis. Chris Engler, 73. I was born in 1973. So what better way to join an episode club? Please D-Dead me. We got a lot of D-Dead beats today. This is good to see. Congratulations. You're no longer a deadbeat. And he concludes it came from no agenda. Really like what I hear. Keep it up. Jennifer Strevig. I've listened to every episode, says Jennifer, with $73. Thank you. First show I caught was on school busing and had to go back and start from the beginning. Thanks for what you do. That's right. The the course starts at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Chris Bailey, $72. We'll add you to today's episode uh, credits, of course, Chris. Love is lit. Thank you, gentlemen, for the work you do. Um, and he has, uh, he'd like to know where we are with the uh, titles and peerage. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and roll this out. We do have a system that's going to be similar to the peerage. It's going to be called the Hall of Fame, um, <laughs> Facts Family, uh, for those people. And because the, the reason why it took so long is I didn't want to do anything that's disingenuous. I mean, it's you know disingenuous, lame, or just not or lame, well, or lame, right? You know <laughs> that kind of thing. So, what better way? We are the Facts Family. So, uh, the way I envision it, and people can give us feedback on this. Just is just us. Uh, this is a meeting between me and Adam right now. So you, yes, uh, I'm uh, I'm open. Yes, I'm in agreement with this so far. Yes. So when you hit the th- the threshold, uh, he said a thousand. 
I don't know if that's going to be a number yet, but you've exceeded it if that's not the number uh, already. But it's going to be the F- F- Hall of Fame, and you're going to be able to acknowledge yourself by a family name, whereas brother, sister, aunt, uncle, cousin. Uh, and then I see it as it progresses, we have grand cousins, grand brothers, grandfathers, grand sisters, whatever, and then great grand and that kind of thing on the family side of it so like i said that's the idea we'd love to hear y'all feedback but i didn't want to do anything lame you know that kind of thing I, we had some uh some discussions and some uh suggestions but it just popped in my head one day like hall of fam <laughs> so it's like, i love okay, it yeah, hall, i love hall it of hall of fam is great hold on a second and then it's gonna come with some perks we got some things oh. we're working on mm-hmm. uh just hang in there with us like i said been bombarded uh i was working 60 hours a week doing my uh day job and then doing the show and doing some other things so uh 2022 is wide open uh we're gonna get this stuff uh materialized and it will be some ways you know what I'm saying some rewards that come along not only with your title and give me two seconds and select contact and i have registered hall of there we go. Now it's official. <laughs> so, meeting adjourned, everybody. Good meeting. Good meeting. Thank Mo. you, sir. Well Thank done. You. Thank well you. done. We continue. Can you email out those uh, notes when. Uh, yes, I will. Of course. Of course. I'll, I'll put them in the distribution list. Bah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Zenko Hernkiv uh, sends us $60 says support. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas. Mo and Adam. Keep the great work. My wife and I tune in every week for the shows. And the YouTube lives. Yeah, people, you got to check out the YouTube lives on the alternate Wednesdays. Gary Jungling sends us uh, $50. No note. Appreciate it. Daniel Miller. Uh, no note. No jingles. No karma. I got it, Daniel. Thank you. $50. Same from Carol A. Chase. $50. Thank you for your amazing content. Blessings to you and your family. Dame Carol Ann of the Hatchet Ranch. Well, that's a name I recognize. Bonnie Ray. $50. Mm-hmm. Says, hey, Mo, happy new year. Forgot to make a note on my donation. Please de-deadbeat me. Thank you for educating us listeners. Family. Congratulations. You're no longer... A deadbeat. And, and just say we don't have listeners. No, we have, we have producers. Either, we have producers, family, or deadbeats. I mean, you choose. choose it's what, it's choose, simple, choose, people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> choose one. Choose one. What do you want to be? You choose one. You tell me what you like. It's like a Scott Adams quiz. Would you rather be a deadbeat? Would you rather be family? Or would you rather be a producer? Right, there's well, only three choices. <laughs> Robert Stager's no deadbeat, and he is an associate, our final associate executive producer for episode number seventy-three with MoFax with Adam Curry. Fifty dollars, no note, but we know that he sends it with love, and we appreciate that. And thank you to everybody who supported the show. Uh, again, MoFax.com. If you want to go directly to the donation page, MoFundMe.com, or check out one of those modern podcast apps where you can send us uh, Bitcoin. Uh, little pieces of it in real time as you're listening. So you kind of uh, send the value as you receive the value. That's newpodcastapps.com. Thank you again for sponsoring episode number 73. All right. So now we got our support system out of the way. Now let's go into uh, the people that were supporting Jesse Smullett. One being Miss uh, Amanda Seal. Uh, and she said, even if it was a hoax, dot, dot, dot. Chicago politics is ruthless, okay? And then, I'm telling you, this is more about Kim Fox and that situation than Jesse. They're just using Jesse as a scam. Come on, y'all. There was no victims. 
They can't really prove it. Thank you. Everything was even was if it was up. a hoax. Even if it was a hoax, this is really happening all the time. And even if it was a hoax what? for the sake of bringing attention to this, then I'm like, that's low key noble. Look, <laughs> I'm just at, I'm, I'm at wit's end about us centering situations like this and wanting to make people have to pay. And it's like Emmett Till's accuser was a lie. It's, I think she's still alive. Yep. Yes. And yes. this young man died and. She announced that she was lying about it. They should have put the shackles on her that day. And she's walking around. So no one was hurt in this situation. Nobody. You know what they're mad about? Their time. Their resources being and the used. the money. The taxpayers' resources. Sure, sure. Being, taxpayers' resources are being used every day to imprison people who have done nothing but be an addict. So I don't want to hear about Jussie Smollett. Okay, but so what I do want to ask people that feel that well, what if a hate crime really happens to me? And now because of what Jesse Smollett this, did, now if, they don't believe me. If this, is, if this one instance yeah. is what makes them not believe you, baby, that's a lie that they're telling ourselves. We have lived in a nation where they don't believe hate crimes every day. Wow. What show was this? This was on The Real. Man, that's a dangerous show. <clears throat> and and you, now you hear the power of lynching because she went and invoked the the biggest name in lynching uh, in modern history is uh, Emmett Till. Emmett Till, yeah. And that was her clean all kind of. Let me throw Emmett Till's name out here to get people to clap, and you heard instantly the crowd went along with it. You have to explain up. Emmett Till. Well, Emmett Till was a young man that was uh, vacationing in the South. He allegedly whistled at a white woman, and a mob came to his house, carried him away, killed him. Uh, and threw him in a river with a cotton gin fan around his neck. His body was mangled and, you know, dismembered. But his mother allowed the casket to be open for his funeral, which that the media ran with that story and those pictures. And it basically, you know, uh, brought attention to the the problems in the South. Now, no, no, let's, was, let's, let's just establish this was the 50s, right? This is a long, this is... Was in the 50s. Oh, it was. I think it would think it was earlier than that. I want to say it was the twenties or thirties, if I'm not mistaken. I'm terrible with dates. Um, let me let me make sure I get that right because uh, it was part of the great. It was great part of the great migration. Uh, the second wave. Let me see. You caught me flat footed here, Adam. Uh, <laughs> no, it's fifty five. Excuse me, it was uh fifty five. You're right. Oh, I see it here it? in the Wikipedia. Yes. Yeah, fifty five. Yes. Okay, yeah. Yes. So I, um, only ten years before I, I was born. Ten years before. The reason nine why I got years. confused was they were, they used stories like this lynching mm-hmm. Emmett Till to drive people out of the South to the North in the Great Migration, starting in the nineteen fourteen, because they needed us. For but didn't World this happen in Chicago? No, 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 no. He was tra- he was actually from Chicago. Oh, but, okay. But he was vacationing in the South. Right, right. Oh, I remember. And, and, he went down that course, dirt road. He didn't listen. Well, what he what he did was, like I said, he was he he wasn't aware of the customs of the South and uh, allegedly whistled, and that's what she was uh, referring uh, to. The white woman should have been locked yeah. up for getting Emmett Till killed. Killed, but I want to say this: the reason why I'm wait a minute, wait, wait, this, stop. Yes, the white woman. What else did she do besides getting whistled at? She said that he whistled at her. Now ah, the story okay. was that he didn't whistle at her. Um, so. It's some great area there. But the point I want to make is this is the selective, even in 1955, the selective outrage in the media because at the same time, Emmett Till was being killed in the South and highly publicized. 
to say the South is bad, uh, which I think they were really trying to drive the the, the black people out of the South to mm-hmm. get their land away from them mm-hmm. yeah. uh, by using terror uh, and to drive them into the city centers, which fostered the no man in the house, that kind right. of thing, right. uh, replacing the father with uh, the state as the father. Um, at the same time, there was a young man in a uh, public beach, a uh, public segregated beach in Chicago that floated from the black side to the white side. He was basically stoned and drowned, and nobody's ever heard the story. So I'm just saying that to say they selectively use, and this is something I will cover in uh, a future show on lynching, but Emmett Till is the trump card uh, when you want to play the, you know, the, the lynching hand. Uh, and that's what she did there. Yeah. Which I find very disgusting because one, let me just say this. Amanda Seal is, uh, has a couple of hoaxes or alleged hoaxes under her belt. What she done with the guy named Myron roll, oh. which he was a uh, NFL player and a road scholar. Uh, and she outed him basically as a, a sexual predator, which is not true. And she did it on Charlemagne, the guard show. Um, <laughs> uh, and she was like, basically, I didn't say his name, but how many NFL players are Rose Scholars? Not saying, many, like, not and, many. And, right. You said, <laughs> so you basically said his name, but then she was later called out for it. But that goes to show their mentality. Long as it's for the greater good. Yeah. They don't care how they use. Um, they just don't care. Like Jesse, they don't care. <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't care at all um, because you can invoke the kind of uh, support that she got off of the... Um, from the crowd when she said Emmett Till's name that was the you know the clean it up mm-hmm. so uh, still that was with some of the hosts they was like well I don't know about that Amanda and they and she doubled down on the next clip every single day sure, sure. but I just want to ask I just want to ask, I, I, I just wanna ask because Jesse is the it, like it, it, it is huge nationwide news because he is famous so yeah. if it was a hoax what do you think is the correct punishment and do or do you think he should be they punished? got murderers on probation Gina. sure sure but I'm asking about Jesse Smollett I'm asking about that because you said it was low-key noble I just want to literally should be like he should oh, be applauded damn oh. They got smacks on the wrist for all these people, and they can't give a smack on the there wrist to Jesse go. Smollett, like because they're saying that it's a whole big thing. I'm just, I, I don't believe it. Sure. And we look at black men who are constantly getting the book thrown at them all the time, all the time, all the time. Oh, now, now the black man is helpful. <laughs> We're the political football, and this is what we saw in 2020. And she was the one who was telling them, "I don't care. I don't care what the candidate is." She caped hard for Kamala. Just go vote. Basically, she was the one. Uh, her and Angela Rye was yeah. two of the most uh, vocal people uh, to force black people to go vote Democratic and shaming, uh, shaming tactics or whatnot. But so that goes to show you, even if Jesse, it is a hoax. There are a group of people out there that see him as a hero. And that was the point of that. No, no, no. Low-key noble. Low-key noble, yes. Great t-shirt. I love it. Great t-shirt. That's, that's, but you know what? She's also including herself to say, well, if I threw a black man under the bus uh, for being a predator, even if he isn't, there are black men that are predators out there. So I'm low-key noble. Yeah. So she was, she was even uh, subconsciously, I believe, uh, letting herself off the hook for what she has done in the past. But she's but found. she's already using the the situation that the Soros sisters have created with this, you know, oh, slap on the wrist, go home. 
Which she's using it as the justification. Yeah. But you're but they're the source of the problem. Mm-hmm. Hello, we don't want murder murderers to get slaps on the wrist. That's what that's the whole problem because where do they live? They're not going into your neighborhood. Yep. Uh they're coming back home uh to the neighborhoods that they you know they, they uh, terrorize. And terrorize, right. so it's this this weird thing and they're using terror. Uh, to let Tara off the hook, which is a very, very uh, evil. Evil. Let's just call it evil. And and a mind screw. It's a complete yeah. mind screw. So now we have to get into who are the Smollett's. Ah. So I have a, I have the untold truth of the Smollett family. Jake, Jazz, Jesse, Jenny, Jockey, and Jojo. Some are stuck in scandal, some are rising stars, and all of them are pretty good cooks. Here's everything you need to know about the Smollett family. We have arrived! The Smollett siblings are the children of Joel Smollett Sr., a Russian-Polish Jew, and Jeanette Smollett, an African-American from New Orleans. The couple moved around a lot when the kids were young, alternating between the East and West Coast. According to a 2020 interview by Essence with Jazz and Jake, they relocated between states as many as 13 times. Jeanette Smollett and her late husband, Joel Smollett Sr., were activists that rubbed shoulders with everyone from the co-founders of the Black Panther Party to the most prominent civil rights leaders of their day. In a 2016 interview, Jussie Smollett told the New York Times, My mom was in the movement with Bobby Seale and Huey Newton, and one of her first mentors was Julian Bond. To this day, Angela Davis is one of her dearest friends. We've spent Mother's Day with Angela. The company that the Smollett's like to keep clearly rubbed off on their children because they've been protesting pretty much their whole lives. According to Journey, she was five years old when she joined her mom at her first protest. She was out in the street holding a sign when the Los Angeles cops who beat Rodney King were acquitted on assault charges. She told The Hollywood Reporter that she was even allowed to see the film Malcolm X when it was still in theaters. As she put it, My mom would cover our eyes in certain parts, but she didn't want to shield us from our history. More recently, the Smollett siblings have lent their support to the Black Lives Matter movement by attending marches and protests. Actor Alfrey Woodard, who worked with the siblings at the non-profit Artists for a New South Africa, told the New York Times, Their sense of justice is very strong, and it permeates everything that they do. Mm. This is all true? Yes. The wow. mother rubbed shoulders with the Black Panthers, which, mm, with all the infiltration going over over there, it's amazing how these people rub shoulders with the Black Panther, but they're still free. I, I wonder how I wonder how that works out, but uh, yeah. So did, did you heard they've been activists, yeah, from, uh, from the from their wee days. I'm sure they were saying freedom. This you know, li- that kind of- <laughs> has li- it's got lineage, man. Je- Jesse's got uh, got. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, I have that here. Where is that? Freedom. There it is. Thank you, sir. <laughs> so, uh, so we see it's this ilk of so-called people brought up you know in in the you know uh system of activism uh from a very early age kamala being warned by her by her own testimony and then we see uh jesse and uh, uh journey which journey i think is the biggest star in the family and i see jesse being like the fredo in the family kind of thing <laughs> um he, he can is never now be big as his, right well he, even then he can never be bigger than his sister his sister has a a significant um, uh, catalog of stuff she starred in from a very early age. What's her name again? Um, Journey Smollett. She was the black girls uh, that played in Full House. Oh, wow. That was uh, uh, Michelle's friend. So huh. she goes back that far. And then her cat, I mean, she's played opposite of 
uh, Denzel Washington, Samuel Jackson, uh, um, um, uh, what's the uh, I'm drawing blanks now? Uh, Alfred Alfred Wooder. Um, what's the other lady's name to play Tina Turner? I'm I'm drawing a blank. Angela here, Bassett. Um, Angela Bassett. Angela Bassett. Another. She played opposite all of these celebrities, so she has chops. And I think like um, she is the real she's the real star of the family. She's also been um, a lot of, in a lot of um, kind of like vampire occultish type. TV shows, Twilight, uh, Twilight Zone. Oh yeah, she's a very dark person. True Blood. Yeah, yeah, it's very. Which we're gonna get in that maybe in the lost tapes on that <laughs> of that side of it because a lot of stuff that wouldn't translate through audio. But right. Uh, with that said, let's see. Uh, we stopped at. We got twenty four. Uh, okay, we at twenty four. Ah yes, Kim Fox and her buddies. Yes, let's go ahead and get into that one uh, and find out a new name in the story. No one can speak for a woman like a woman. Despite the public backlash and accusations from as high up as the mayor that Jesse Smollett's celebrity influence and power played a role in the charges against him being dropped, Kim Fox maintains that his case was not treated any differently than similar cases. I'm Tina Chen. Um, I am formerly chief of staff to First Lady Michelle Obama, um, and I was also the executive director of the White House Council on Women and Girls for President Obama. Tina Chen, a former chief of staff to Michelle Obama, reached out to Kim Fox on behalf of the Smollett family, saying they have concerns about the investigation. In the exchanges, Fox seen trying to get the case turned over to the FBI, texting Chen, I make no guarantees, but I'm trying. Yeah, this this was a great little piece of the whole story that never really got the follow-up. It certainly deserved. Oh, well, we're going to do it now. So, <laughs> t- <laughs> Tina Chen. I have to make this one thing, and when we say stuff like this, we got to be clear that we, we, we do it sometimes, but we have to be clear. We're not talking about people personally, but just the optics of people, when they, how they're portrayed in the media. Correct. And one thing I noticed is these women around uh, uh, Michelle Obama, a.k.a. Big Mish, um, have <laughs> very large faces and heads. Kim Fox has a very large head. Tina Chen has a very large, I mean, like, abnormally large i'm just saying without saying um but <laughs> let's go ahead and get into no, no i'm just what is like what is that i don't i don't know what that is um could be a lot uh, of things i don't know but um let's see so tina chin we brought her into the story so we let's go back up a little bit and we heard about um journey smollett and jesse smollett being active in the times up and which times up was I believe is the co-opting of the Me Too movement by mm-hmm. Oprah. Mm-hmm. I have some facts later that you're saying that lends to that uh, analysis. And let's go ahead and get into the co-opting of the Times Up movement, and then we'll work our way back into the uh, journey. Smell that working with the Times Up movement. In 1944, Reese Taylor was a young wife and a mother. She was just walking home from a church service. She'd attended in Abbeville, Alabama, when she was abducted by six armed white men, raped and left blindfolded by the side of the road, coming home from church. She lived, as we all have lived, too many years in a culture broken by brutally powerful men. For too long, women have not been heard or believed if they dared to speak their truth to the power of those men. 
but their time is up. I just hope that Reese Taylor died knowing that her truth, like the truth of so many other women who were tormented in those years, and even now, tormented, goes marching on. It was somewhere in Rosa Parks' heart almost 11 years later when she made the decision to stay seated on that bus in Montgomery. And it's here with every woman who chooses to say, me too. And every man, every man who chooses to listen. The new day is on the horizon. And when that new day dawns. It will be because of a lot of magnificent women, many of whom are right here in this room tonight, and some pretty phenomenal men fighting hard to make sure that they become the leaders who take us to the time when nobody ever has to say, me too, again. So, yeah, so nobody would say Me Too again. I think this was the co-opting of the Me Too movement, sort of how Black Lives Matter co-opted the grassroot movement of ADOS slash Foundational Blacks. 100%. This was was Oprah coming in, cleaning up, because you know you had the uh, Maxwell, uh, Jelaine Maxwell case if I pronounced that right. Well, also um, Harvey Weinstein, everything Harvey was Weinstein, going on. Harvey Weinstein, everything was lingering out there. Like, we can't have this grassroots out here. Let's go ahead and switch gears from Me Too yeah, and it to was, Time's Up, and, and we'd be in a position of control. And it was um, Alyssa Milano, whose husband is an agent at, uh, what's the big agency? William Morris, I think. So it was a lot of yes. William Morris clients and people. It, oh, yeah, it was very managed, very managed. Mm-hmm. So much so... That Seal uh, came out and used a meme to criticize Oprah and Time's Up. After Oprah's speech at the Golden Globes, people have tried to make the claim that she knew about Harvey Weinstein's criminal acts. Even the singer Seal shared this meme, which uh, has photos of Oprah and Harvey together. And it says, when you have been part of the problem for decades, but suddenly they all think you are the solution. That seems like a pretty direct dig at Oprah, no? It yes, really does. There she is in those yeah. photos. Yes, we also wrote, oh, I forgot. That's right. You heard the rumors, but we had no idea he was actually serially assaulting young starry-eyed actresses who in turn had no idea what they were getting into. My bad, but wait. Ooh, sanctimonious Hollywood. That's the hashtag right there. Sure. The long hashtag. But now, mm-hmm. Seal says he wasn't dissing Oprah at all. Ah. Uh, huh? Come on. What? Amount of respect. Wait, wait, what did Seal say? He's not dissing over at all. Get oh, the phone ready. Oh, oh, hashtag right there. <laughs> sure. Long hashtag. But now, mm-hmm. Seal says he wasn't dissing Oprah at all. Uh, huh? Come on. Amount of respect for everything that Oprah has achieved and contributed in her life. What I reposted was not an attack on Oprah at all. She just happened to be the person photographed with the pig in the picture. No, what I reposted was commentary on the hypocritical and double standard nature and behavior of Hollywood. So Fox News, back off. 
Don't try and use me as a pawn against Oprah and in any of your political games. And Stacey Dash, keep my name out of your mouth. Do not retweet, requote anything I have said in order to reinforce your self-hating agenda. You live in the sunken place. Again, this was not an attack against Oprah. Wow, you know, I, you rarely hear Seal speak. And I, and I and Seal was a cool dude. You know, he's like, just Seal's like, yeah, cool, man. Ah, supermodel. Yeah, she, I divorced her. I don't need her. You know, just a, he's like, oh, man. And now you hear him talk like that? Oh, he loses cool points. That phone, you see, now we're seeing yeah. how powerful that phone, phone is. is very powerful. Boulet the phone. Meme, the meme he posted had Oprah. It's a very uh, famous picture of Oprah yeah, with, with, Harvey. Uh, with the with the uh, Harvey Weinstein. white actress and Harvey Weinstein. Like he's she's basically handing this actress over to over Harvey. To, yeah, here you go, Harvey. Like a handle like type thing. So how could you get that confused? But then he does this pivot. chicken squat kind of thing. It's not it's not a pivot. He does this chicken squat kind of thing to say to try to pick on. Uh, um, uh, Stacey Dash, yeah. which they, they love to kick these people around. And I'm not taking up Stacey Dash because she has her own issues uh, that she's dealing with. And she does, she is an opportunist, you know what I'm saying, to mm-hmm. win brownie points with the conservative side whenever she can. But to say, are oh, you living in the sunken place? Basically saying yeah. that is a throwback to the movie uh, Get Out when the yeah. white person took over the black person's body and the black actor would go into the sunken place where he had no control. That's what he's alluding to. Oh, when he said, I had, that's a, that's an, that's a pretty good slam. I hadn't heard that. I didn't. Right. didn't I didn't catch that. Okay, it's it's a backhanded way to saying you're controlled by white people. So that's what he's saying. Uh, has anyone else used that hate term? As well? Has anyone else I'll, used I'll, that term? Whenever you hear that term "sunken place," that is an allusion to the movie oh, "Get Out." Okay, and 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 it's, spoiler alert in the plot of the movie. I've seen these it. young I've black seen people. It, yeah. yeah, so you you get the point, and that and that's. Like you're being co-opted on a on a biological or personal level, <laughs> and that's what he did. And I think it's very chicken squat because it's like, bro, you don't have you you know what you said. You got the call. You had to back up off of it. They said, hey, you want some more scar seal? Yeah, you better. You're saying you better get right. <laughs> wow, yeah, I'm sorry. Wow, I'm sorry. But you know, <laughs> hey, that's how, bro. That's how the boot. <laughs> hey, don't get it twisted to get a man. Yeah, that's yeah, but okay, size. but that's but that's my point. Why did the boule not just actually string Jesse up? It would have worked. No, it's messy if you do it that way. Then you got dead bodies. You got cameras. You got. You know saying this. Ain't, this ain't 1964 and Kennedy no more. You everything is gonna be psyops. Yeah, this is, true. This was like the birth of the, where the good old you know, guys who just hang someone up and just do it for real to make a point. Well, no, it's systematic now, and that's the whole point I've been trying to make out of 73 episodes. It's no more stringing up. No. It's, it's a system. It's Just using approach. the trauma, using trauma, using information and media to do it. Well, we saw it happen to Seal. Yep. It's like stay in your line, stay in your stay in line, boy. You better stay in line. You know what I'm saying? That those are the real yeah. lynch mob now. To make a man, like I said, of his stature physically and you're know saying financially and celebrity to not only backtrack, but he did a disgusting way to do it to say. I'm, I wasn't talking about Oprah. You just twisted my word, bro. There's yeah. no other. Way I was you reposting. I was reposting. You don't understand. A retweet is not my opinion. <laughs> right, bullcrap. 
Uh, so that's Seal and his uh, boule phone moment. But now we're going to get into Tina Chen and uh, Michelle Obama's former chief of staff. And she announces her new position at Time's Up. The Time's Up movement came to life nearly two years ago when more than 300 powerful women in Hollywood took a stand against sexual harassment in the workplace. Its mission is to ensure equity and safety in the workplace across all industries. It's responding to survivors who came forward through the Me Too movement. CBS Corporation donated $20 million last year to advocacy groups working to end sexual harassment in the workplace, including Time's Up. Only on CBS This Morning, Time's Up is announcing the organization's new leader. She, she is, is here at the table. <laughs> Good morning. Tina Chin, just slipping in. We like that, Tina. She is co-founder of Time's Up Legal Defense Fund and the former chief of staff to First Lady Michelle Obama. Tina Chen joins us first on CBS This Morning. Congratulations and welcome. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I could not be more thrilled to be able to take this job. Why are you thrilled? Because there's been a couple of, of hiccups. You know, there, you, there, uh, four months ago, we had to make a change at the top, and now you are here. What's your big challenge. I want to know why you're so thrilled. I saw you back when you were getting ready, and thrilled would be the word to describe you. Thrilled, thrilled it is. Well, Gail, I've been living these issues my whole life. What do you I've mean? I've been a single working mom my entire career, working in places like law firms and the White House. So I've seen the issues that women confront in workplaces. What? And advocating for policy change. So just a couple of weeks ago, folks from Time's Up were with Governor Cuomo when he signed the New York Safety Agenda that changed laws here in New York, you know, to help protect Protect victims of sexual assault. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Hold on, hold on a second. So, first of all, <coughs> wow, that was so the the shakeup was. Uh, I didn't realize that uh, Kaplan was uh, was the CEO of uh, Times Up. Yep. Oh, it had to go. It had to go, and they bring in Tina Chin. Jeez, and and what's interesting is that. They're they're t- like this is some kind of award like oh congratulations this is so great so fantastic I got to look into this group is this a nonprofit or do we is there any in- this is a curry cash investigation must commence on this well of course you're gonna I'm gonna need a uh, curry cash check uh, asap on this yeah um but yeah and, and now we get to listen to Tina Chan and Journey Smollett do their mind control of these poor women. And this was at the United State of Women's Summit and back in 2018. It's a long clip, like I said before, uh, two, two minutes and 16 seconds. So stop. feel free to stop where you want. Please welcome Tina Chen and Journey Smollett. global movement it's a little over 100 days old no, it's not. it is all across the globe it's leaderless it's we stand here linked <laughs> not ranked okay so tell us whoa 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 yes i knew please. you were gonna make a fast that yes please go ahead. Go please ahead. okay it's not a global movement everyone still says me too me too all over the world not time's up uh did she say leaderless leaderless 
it's and, just, we're, and we're and we're uh, we're linked, not ranked. Ooh, that's a good, that's that's a nice line. I that, wonder who a, wrote that's, that. That's a great line. Um, but leaderless, we've already made clear who the leader is. Oprah. Yeah. And Oprah's goal was to say what? No woman would have to ever say me too again. Is that a double meaning to that term? To say they'll start saying times up? Oh. Or she's saying she's trying to eradicate <laughs> uh, the whole uh, sexual oh. harassment and sexual assault uh, culture. Either one you works. You take it how you want yeah, to. Yeah, either right? one works. Global movement. It's a little over 100 days old. It is all across the globe. It's leaderless. It's we stand here linked, not ranked. Okay, so tell us what's next. What's next? So what's next is let's start with talking about the Times Up Legal Defense Fund. Yes. $21 million in 100 days. Over 2,500 people have come to us for help. 2,500 in less than 100 days, over, just over 100 days. Two-thirds of them identify as low income. They are across 60 different industries, and they are saying things to us like, for the first time, I feel brave. For the first time, someone's listened to my story. So what's next is we got to keep pushing on the Legal Defense Fund. Go to the National Women's Law Center's website, home of the Times Up Legal Defense Fund, nwlc.org. If you need help, you can find it there. If you are a lawyer or a public relations expert, you can volunteer there. And if you're none of those things, you can supported by finding more money. Hold a fundraiser in your local books, book, your book group, your school, your neighborhood to support the Times Up Legal Defense Fund and keep speaking out and supporting everyone in their workplace because Time's Up, we are going to create safe and dignified workplaces for everyone. That's our goal. That's our mission. Work with us on it. Time's Up! Time's Up! This is your Okay, and this is uh, rather interesting because the Time's Up Legal Defense Fund is a part of something. It's not its, not its own entity. Mm-mm. It's something much bigger, the National Women's Law Center. Yes. So uh, this is a Tw- much... $21 million in 100 days. Oh, but these, this group has a lot more than that. This group is much bigger. So this, this is kind of like... Um, be like Austin uh, Austin Legal Defense Fund or uh, Austin Black Artists uh, Defense Fund or some shit like mm-hmm. that, and and, mm-hmm. and you and you donate money and it doesn't go to them; it goes to the prison reform uh, nonprofit in Houston that's you know not doing something for artists in Austin, and they don't right. e- they it's, don't it's even ear. <laughs> no, it's a whole. This, I'm just looking at this uh, nwlc.org. It's this is huge this is a big thing this is real money here i'll repeat again 21 million dollars that's nothing in 100 days nothing compared to to what these people are capable of yeah i'm just saying but they pulled it plucked it out of thin air it's just like time's up they co-opted the move the me too movement and i have to say this right now to the whales out there i know you're listening whales come, come closer whales uh we need this kind of money uh, if they can get twenty one million in a hundred days, come on now. They have uh twenty. So for their twenty twenty numbers, twenty twenty numbers, uh, sixty eight million dollars. And that's, that's my point. This this was just in a hundred days. Yeah, a, a whole new operation. Oprah goes online and says, 
Time's up. Man. So, so this is this is before goes. this is before the twenty one million. Yes. <laughs> this is this is two thousand eighteen. We're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is this this is this is before they even got their uh, you know, got their feet under right. up under them. Right. And and then and then the army of lawyers as well. But See, this, they're they're but doing the, the same thing. If you're a lawyer, come on and donate your time, donate your talent. Yeah. That's what they're saying to them. Uh, this thing has been around since twenty fourteen. Uh, and they yeah, so, they they started off with uh, with ten million bucks. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, this is big. Is it big? Big Goldman Sachs people on here? Oh okay. Wow, thanks. <laughs> I got to go look at these jamokes. Well, let's get into Journey Smollett's activism now, and this is her talking to Jamil Hill uh, about the path from being a child actor to being an activist. Was there something that you saw or experienced in South Africa that where this light bulb went off? So many things, you know, I've been volunteering with this nonprofit called Artists for New South Africa since I was 12. And it was, um, you know, I was inspired by so many people. I mean, my mom is an activist, so I come from that spirit. There was going to be no other option but to be active in my family, right? Um, But watching my village, you know, I had this village of mentors who were artists and activists like Samuel Jackson and Alfred Woodard and Blair Underwood and Latanya Richardson, you know, these people who, you know, were as active in front of the camera as they were off, you know, and were really able to use their platform in any way they could to be change makers. And so I was their youngest board member and they were taking a delegation of, you know, them and, and a bunch of other folks were, going to South Africa to build some wells in some of the townships and, you know, just do more on the ground work. Um, and I was broke. I mean, there was no chance in hell. My broke ass, you know, was going to be able to go, you know, <laughs> like my family, we grew up so poor. Okay. Like it don't matter if we were on TV or not. Like we have real, real poverty issues. All right. All right. All right. couple things. One, mm-hmm. she sounds just like Kamala. <laughs> yeah that last yeah. bit there this i'm gonna re- uh-huh. I'm replay this last couple of seconds here groundwork in fact it's when she code switches when she when she goes you know we are poor i am mm-hmm. i'm tired no more um mm-hmm. and i was broke i mean there was no chance in hell my broke ass you know was gonna be able to go you know so poor okay like how poor matter. were you okay that's one. Two, mm-hmm. when you're doing work in South Africa, the people who are suppressed in South Africa are the white people. So I'm not sure who she's helping. There's this, there's this, uh, <laughs> small well, thing. Well, hold on. Well, we got to go back. We got it. Was it, what's the thing called race? Something in Casilli, uh, was it, uh, reconciliation and in, in South uh, Africa? It, yeah. What's the thing called, um, race and reconciliation or something like that? Um, well, they took away the, the white farmers, uh, um, farms. Hello, that's what they want to do here. Yeah, <laughs> that's the ground. That, that's the groundwork. <laughs> Are we putting some wells and some other groundwork? You know, uh, yeah. That that's what that's that's where they go to do these test runs at to come back with the uh, uh, the communist ideas mm-hmm. uh, that they have, um, and and run them here. Uh, and with that said, let's go ahead and get into. Okay, speaking of communists. Okay, now I got I to set this clip up 
Right. So Journey Smollett played in this movie called The Great Debaters with Denzel Washington and uh, Forrest Whitaker. It, I think it was produced or either funded by Oprah. Um, and it's about this um, black debate team at this rural uh, HBCU. And uh, Denzel plays this kind of uh, change agent. Uh, and I'll let him explain his role more, but let us I think I set it up well. So let's go ahead and get into the great debaters clip. Uh, Jesus was a radical. Dr. Farmer. Congratulations, Milton. Thank you. You have put us on the map. Well, your son is doing a great job. His research is impeccable. That's good to hear. It's good to hear. Listen, there are people around town who aren't very happy with your off-campus activities. They're calling you a radical. In fact, I wouldn't be a bit surprised to find out one morning when I woke up that you were strung up to a tree. They'd have to catch me first. This is serious, Milton. Very serious. A hungry Negro steals a chicken, he goes to jail. A rich businessman steals bonds, he goes to Congress. I think that's wrong. Now, if that makes me a radical, a socialist, a communist, so be it. Jesus was a radical. Careful. Yes, he was. Jesus was a radical. Middle institutions are filled with people who have confused themselves with Jesus Christ. I'm not confused. Oh, you confused with Jesus Christ now? (laughs) You confused with Jesus Christ? You know what words do. Okay. Come on now. Amen. Don't want to confuse yourself with Jesus Christ. I'm not confused. I'm convinced. (laughs) I'm uh, I'm not judging you. I'm just concerned about your methods. I haven't seen this movie, and now I do want. Now I want to see it. So now you hear the politics infiltrating the art. Oh and, yeah! And once again, this was, I believe, produced by Oprah, uh, starring Journey Smollett. And to bring Oprah back into it, I hate to go back, but let's go back to clip number sixteen. I'll probably call you flat-footed, and listen to me the last thirty seconds, uh, because what he's being accused of. Let me just why you looking for that clip. I got let me explain. It. I'm, I'm good. Okay, let me explain explain to why um I'm bringing this up. Denzel was a uh professor, but at the same time he was having these meetings at night with the farmers trying to get them to unionize and um you know basically like communist ideas right for right or wrong. I mean, however you want to uh yep. look at it, but let's go back and play the end. I think maybe last 30 seconds of 16. And you see where I'm going with this. And because he was doing that, the plantation owners, the, the land back, owners, a little further back. Further back? Yeah. yeah, just a little bit. It's its own story. Yes, that's right. And this was a minister, Reverend T.A. Allen, who began talking to sharecroppers about their rights. And because he was doing that, the plantation owners, the, the landowners got together and they, they lynched him. And the proof they used that he was somebody worthy of lynching is that when they found his body, uh, he had a piece of paper that talked about sharecropper rights. And the other piece of paper uh. he had in his suit jacket was a note that said, every man a king. Mm-hmm. A lot of these folks were lynched because they showed too much dignity. They showed too much humanity. He just wanted to be respected as a human being. Mm-hmm. And it got him hanged. Every man a king. Yeah, but no, but he was he was actually lynched. Yeah. For trying to unionize or organize the um the farmers in the South. Mm-hmm. Which Denzel's character in the Great Debaters was doing the same thing. And he that's why he said you can call me a socialist, a communist, whatever. Right. Uh Jesus Jesus Christ was a radical. <laughs> so they're they're basically playing this out, which takes us back to show forty three, 
and how communism brought ra- uh, racial equality to the South. How did you get interested in this topic? And as I mentioned, it is a sensitive topic because there are those for decades who've worked to tamp down the suggestion that anybody in the civil rights movement was attracted to the Communist Party at all. Exactly. And this is a story that actually predates the civil rights movement as we know it, going back to the 1930s. I became interested in this as a doctoral dissertation back in the mid-80s when I was very active in a lot of social movements, in actually in the L.A. area. And I wanted to know how the Communist Party organized African Americans, particularly in places where black people were the majority. And there I discovered a very vibrant movement that very few people wrote about. There basically were two stories, one memoir by a man named Hosea Hudson, and then another story in a book called All God's Dangers, which is about him, an African-American sharecropper. All God's Dangers, the life of Nate Shaw, I remember that. Exactly, but his real name was Ned Cobb. Nate Shaw was a pseudonym. And it's a beautiful book that tells his life story, and only a portion of it deals with his membership in the Communist-led Sharecroppers Union, which at one point had about 12,000 members in the Black Belt counties of uh, Alabama. And were all the members black? Well, in Alabama, there was a point when basically all the members except one were all African-American sharecroppers and tenant farmers. Yeah, I remember this. I remember this episode, and, I, and, and it's like, because it was, I think we probably talked about this during the BLM riots. Yes. Maybe around that time, and, and mm-hmm. then to learn that uh, the communist message was, was used to organize blacks in the South, <laughs> and the same communist message is organizing the Black Lives Black Lives Matter movement, the political movement. Mm-hmm. Just that's just you know, it's like how long have they been putting all this stuff together? <laughs> it, it never stops. It doesn't. It just they keep on building, building blocks, building blocks. Uh, maybe this time it'll work. They get knocked down. They go back. They reform. You're saying reformulate the plan, and they come back again. And that's the whole point. And for this movie to be made, I think the great debate was maybe 2015. Um, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere around in there, it was. Er, I'm gonna say early to mid. I'm saying 2007. Excuse me. It was earlier than that. Pre Obama. Mm-hmm. Uh, for uh, uh, for them to come out openly and to say that line, you can call me a communist uh, right. or, or or a socialist. That was a that was a whole big deal because as you heard in the last clip, well, to be up. associated what? with communism was a very associate the civil rights movement with communism was very standoffish. Yeah, at but the time. but the the timing works quite well, actually. Uh, yeah, yeah. Could this yeah. not have been some predictive programming, getting everybody ready for the community organizer to come in in 2008? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you're going to hear things like, just to add to your point, since you added, I'm going to open our home, you're going to hear the thing about this guy and him having social t- socialist ties or communist ideas. But you know what? You know, it was, you know, the civil rights movement is really based in communism, if you really yeah, look at yeah. it. It was, it was a changing of the times. And, and this is the same thing now of, it's, it's just changing of the times of what we're seeing here. So, yeah. So, I just wanted to point that out, that we, the Oprah, once again, she set this whole thing up for Kamala. She had the lynching. She had the, the, the Me Too was wrapped up. You know saying? Nice little bow on it. All, all Kamala had to do was hit her spots. 
and hit her lines and she yeah, couldn't do it. Literally she could <laughs> could not didn't know her lines and couldn't stop bumping into the furniture. The two rules you need to know as an actor. Yeah, just let it soak in that Joe Biden is a better presidential candidate than her. Yeah. That's all, that's, that's all you need to know about you were saying who, who they were trying to drag across the finish line. Uh, so, with that said, we heard Tina Chen bring up Cuomo. Yes, this, uh, this is a good little piece that never got highlighted, of course. T- 29. It's been almost a month since New York Governor Andrew Cuomo announced he would resign after a report by the state attorney general's office found he sexually harassed multiple women. Since then, a cascade of firings and resignations have brought down leaders of the women's movement caught in Cuomo's orbit. On Monday, Alfonso David was fired as president of the Human Rights Campaign. That follows resignations by Tina Chen the chief executive at Time's Up, an organization focused on supporting women in the workplace, along with Roberta Kaplan at the Time's Up Legal Defense Fund and a number of the group's board members. All left after revelation that they had advised Cuomo's team on how to respond to the allegations. The news raises questions about the progress of the Me Too movement and where to go from here, nearly four years after the hashtag went viral in 20. 17. Oh, that's right. I did know about this. Yeah. <laughs> we were too busy with, you know, the, the COVID people dying business. But yeah. Oh, my goodness. A complete front organization to actually protect, protect the assholes. And we saw this with Lisa Bloom, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Gloria Allred, Gloria aka Allred, the, the yep. Red Queen's yep. daughter, yep. where her mom was running the Bill Cosby uh, women's uh uh, movement Oper- saying, operation team, operation getting that team together while on the backside she was giving harvey want when i say she i'm talking about uh lisa bloom uh giving uh give uh yeah uh Ulrich's daughter uh lisa bloom was giving uh weinstein advice in the back end so this is my issue with the whole situation that if if it was on the face value you could say okay i'm all for it but it's always a scam it's always a scam. Oh, it's always but like I see we're going to come in hijacking. No, I see then, it differently. Know? I see it differently. Mm-hmm. The wheels were coming off the party train, and they needed to have a counter vehicle. These people were advising people. These are lawyers. This is a, a lawyer legal defense fund. It's a. Mm-hmm. It's a, under the Women's uh, Law Center. They were advising the actual predators. That's why this group exists. It's. It's. It wasn't even to hijack it. It was to hijack. It was to protect and defend. Yeah, yeah that's my point. To hi- hijack it to protect and defend. Like this, me too thing is there's something in the wild that you can't control. Yeah. It's like no, no, no. We got to get uh, the same thing with Ados. Yeah. It's like no, no. Yeah, we can't yeah, have yeah, Ados yeah, out yeah. here floating around or Foundation of Blacks. We can't have that floating around in the wild. We need Black Lives Matter. So what do you do? You call them bots. Yep. Um, and then you bring in Black Lives Matter because they have the greater works that they're working on here, and nothing can stand in the way, even you know, even if it's low key noble. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, but Tina Chen just says, you know what? It's a blind spot. Oh it's, yes, it's just, just uh, a blind spot. Of course, instead of an office that wanted to do the right thing in responding to you know survivors coming forward, they wanted to do the very opposite, which was to you know go after survivors to try to you know, denigrate their stories, to try to put a lid on this. That is the entire opposite of 
what I thought I was dealing with and why I would have actually ever even offered advice um, in in that circumstance. Um, And I would, you know, also say what I think is revealed in the New York Attorney General's report is apparently we were being used as cover, right? We were being used to say time's up is, you know, is, 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 is working with us on this, which we never were. Wow. Like she didn't know that. (laughs) Oh, wow. Oh man. What a did, phony. She, she's just a dumb lady. You know, just, I was used. Oh, Cuomo used oh, me too. The abusers abused by the abusees and I was abused too. <sighs> yeah. I'm just wow. another victim of Cuomo. That's all. That's all it is. Of course. <laughs> so that's why not to be self-important, but these conversations peel back the layers off of you hear Jesse smell it. You think, you know, what's going on, but there's so many missing my moving pieces. Uh, this propping him up and the other side knows that they know that okay we keep the attack on jesse we keep the story of the, the sorrel sisters uh in play we keep all you know like i said they even they said it was about more about kim fox and jesse smollett but it's more about these da's and the power they have and the division is happening between the law and order yeah. of uh yeah. law enforcement so both sides understand this so very interesting so this is why it's important that people continue to support the show Yes, and what we love most is the new support you can bring us, the new ways, the new podcast apps with streaming Satoshis. I like brand new money. I just, I don't want any money around me that's not, I'd almost rather have a, a new one than a brand, than an old 20. Now, that's kind of dumb, isn't it? But there's something about new money that excites you. You like $100 bills? Oh, yeah. I like oh. new money, too. Oh, most beautiful thing on earth is a $100 bill. I hadn't seen a woman as good looking as a $100 bill. There's something about a hundred dollar bill that excites you. Yeah, I get excited by the Satoshis. Yes, uh, <laughs> thanking the rest of our producers for episode seventy three. Tyler Boyd, forty five dollars. Goggles on. You taught us well. He says. Sean Mernon, happy birthday, Mo. Love the show and love disagreeing. Uh, Sean comes in with another forty one. Uh, we should have bumped. Yeah, him we should bump it. Sean up. Yeah, I'm gonna make an oops. Make a note of that here. Hold on a second. Yeah, we're going to bump you up to uh, Associate Executive Producer, Sean. Thank you, Sam Smock. Smock! Uh, how about to Mo Karma for all the mid-2000 Nextel chirpers? Yeah. <laughs> You've got Mo Karma. <laughs> Uh, Brian Tannum, 3333, calling out the other John Taylor as a deadbeat. Oh, no. Ew, you're a deadbeat. Jason Babcock, 3333, thanks for a great year of insights into the crazy world we live in. Uh, keep up the terrific... Sorry? No, go, I'm sorry, but I think this, I want to say something. Go, sorry okay. about stepping on you. Keep up the terrific work. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Please de-deadbeat me with some Mo Karma. <laughs> Congratulations. You're no longer a deadbeat. You've got Mo Comer. All right, two points I want to make. One, I don't think you really really understand how big the next tail chirp thing was. And two, uh, is that the first call out we have in show history? I know we have nudges like between Tiger Auntie and Judy S and those people, but is that the first hard body deadbeat call out? I don't think, remember one. I think I think it, it's it's the only one I can remember. 
So, yeah. th- that, so that is, and, and I, it's interesting you say that because I'm like, oh man, I'm glad where someone called someone as a deadbeat and more people will do it now. <laughs> so it probably was the first time. You made, made history, Brian. Now, we, we welcome nudges as well, but the hard body call outs, you only can be three people. Now, I'm, family, <laughs> producer, or deadbeat. That's choose, right. Choose, choose your lot in life. I, um, I was in the Netherlands when the Nextel uh, system was in place. I wasn't living here. That's why you're right. I, I don't have the, I can't get the full gravi- gravitas of the, of the Nextel chirp. It's real. No, no, I believe it. Uh, oh, there's Chef Elvis uh, Rosenberg, $30. Tighten my belt after the new year. Well, we appreciate what you're bringing us there. Value is value, no matter what. SV, $25. Hey, Mo and Adam, have you ever considered taking a deep dive into sneaker culture? Well, uh, lots of ties to previous topics touched on, like Nike, China, NBA, Kanye, etc. Just seems like there's something more to it. Merry Christmas, y'all, says Scott V. Well, I can tell you, knowing uh, my friend Mo. He has this plan for episode 132, which will hit in about two years from now. Am I, am, am I right? Give it to us. I'll, I'll give one or two shows. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I know that he had this show planned back when we were doing that number 48 with the communists. It's crazy. Yeah, you've got it all mapped. Close. John, Close. He's got a whole map on his wall with like, you know, the yarn and the pins, the push pins. Like, I'm going to go to connect to this show and put that show. It's a, it's a genius. Um, NIJA, $25. Asking for some Mo Karma. Happy to hand that out to you. You've it's got Niger. It's Mo Karma. Oh, Nija. Oh, mm-hmm. Nija. Thank you. How white am I? It, look, it, no, she's she's very heavy on the social media, uh, Twitter and and Instagram. So I appreciate her uh, always promoting the show. Good, Gabe Grider, twenty ninety one. Thank you for your courage, Mo. Your show has found a home with my podcast favorites. No agenda. School sucks. Grand Theft World. You're welcome and unregistered. Gabe of FEMA Region Number Seven. Thank you, Gabe. Value always appreciated. Cassidy Eastwood, twenty dollars. Thank you both for your hard work and bona name. Mo, you are my brother through Christ, and your family and future are in my prayers. With love, Cassidy Eastwood, Dame of Dementia, a French teacher from Oklahoma City. Andrea, twenty dollars. The Duke family. Wow, another great one. Yes, that was that was a good episode. Uh, I got a lot of people who you know kind of went to Ivy League schools who enjoyed that one too. I like that a lot. Paul Branham, $20. Thank you, Paul. Erkan Oktem, I have nothing to say, says Erkan Oktem, and spells nothing with N-U-S-S-I-N-G, but sends 1627. Thank you. Sam Williams, 1111. Jeremy Cavanaugh, 1087. Thank you. $10 from Jeffrey Finnup, uh, Rianne Fernie, Chris Bergstrom, and Shazir. And we have Cyrus... Esau as well with $10. Mark Asher, $6. David Chalona, $5. Uh, five from Yarbrough. Darnell Webb, $5. Moises Hernandez, uh, four twenty. of course. Thank you. We recognize it anywhere. And Terry, the human subscription Keller never disappoints with $4.11, reminding us that uh, we uh, indeed uh, do not have subscriptions set up. However, I will make sure that on every single show notes episode page, and I'm going to send this off to you, Mo. Um, we have uh, QR codes for uh, for Bitcoin donations. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They finally got that together too. And then we have some special mentions for uh, some massive value that has been coming to uh, to the show. Uh, you want to talk about these uh, four producers? Yes. For, for, before we do that, uh, one one thing I need to do 
We need to remove the albatross around Jeffrey Phillips neck. Please D deadbeat him because I don't want him to walk with that uh, burden anymore. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Yes, very important. Congratulations. You're no longer a deadbeat. Good catch. Good catch. All right. Appreciate it. I don't want hey everybody wants to clear it. I know, I hear uh, it. Hey, 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 you done the time. You, you know, it's like you're good to go. Right. Uh Tiger Auntie, Josh, Andrew, and Roger Roundy, they're adding so much uh value. I have been not only just what they're doing, but this has allowed me to stay busy. I can only imagine if I had nothing to do in this time of my forced vacation. Uh, due to me and not accepting the vaccine to my life, um, the I'm on phone calls all day, every day, uh, discussing secret projects we got going, <laughs> which we'll be bringing to the light uh soon enough. But I appreciate every Tiger, Auntie Josh, Andrew, and Richard, uh, uh, Roger Roundy, excuse me, for the value that they're contributing uh in other ways as well. So I want I wanted to stop the show just to thank them uh tremendously. Thank you to um, all producers for bringing your time, your talent, and your treasure. Again, it is mofax.com, uh, M-O-E-F-A-C-T-Z.com. You can go directly to the donation page at mofundme.com or uh, use one of the modern podcast apps at newpodcastapps.com. And thank you. Uh, this wouldn't happen without you, and it's obvious we need to continue to receive support to keep it going. The future is a bit uncertain, but we move forward with pleasure. <laughs> All right, so we thought the third rail was uh, them minimalizing or trivializing lynching. Well, there's one person, there's another third rail in the so-called black community that you don't play with, and that's Tupac. Um, <laughs> and when Jesse called himself the gay Tupac, yeah, that's yeah. when he jumped the shark. And <laughs> I don't know who's handling him, but take his phone away from him. Clearly oh, the same person who's handling Kamala. It has to be. They got the same instructions. Just whatever it is, just use Tupac. They love Tupac. Tupac always works. And that's why he makes the perfect mascot or or, or representative for this whole debacle of this 2020 (laughs) campaign for uh, Kamala Harris. Because when he came out and said this, even Charlemagne the Guard, excuse me, had to uh, have two takes on it. (laughs) Right. I have two takes. I have one for when it first happened, and then he goes back and does one, a recent update, and like a few months ago. So let's go ahead and get into uh, number 32 first. This is the first one. All right. Mm -hmm. Now, Jesse Smollett has performed after being attacked on Tuesday. He performed on Saturday. He said, I had to be here tonight. Check it out. I went to the doctor immediately. Frank Gatson drove me. I was not hospitalized. Both my doctors in L.A. and Chicago cleared me to perform, but said to take care, obviously. And above all, I fought so this was in la and he did address the incident in chicago he told the crowd that he's okay um i have so many still investigating what? Uh, what? i don't know why jesse's lawyer doesn't want him to talk i also want to know why jesse was reading those points that he made on the stage off the paper and i want to know what the hell tupac got to do with any of this okay that seemed like a line straight out of empire <laughs> i'm the gay tupac i mean i get around would have been a totally different record if tupac was gay by the way why? how do you want it 
Stop Imagine it. Why would that be Jay? different? <laughs> yo, stop it, man. You're a fool, yo, man. Stop keep it. your head up would have been a totally different yo, record stop than it. Tupac They have the same idea. You're a jerk, man. Ambitions yeah. as a rider. But I'm glad that Jesse Smollett <laughs> is... Tupac was gay. I'm glad that Jesse Smollett is okay. Hit him up. <laughs> and I'm glad that he went on stage and performed. <laughs> and he's not letting this incident hold him back. Jeez. So, <laughs> So you can hear... <clears throat> You you don't play with Tupac's name, no, uh, and that's why they invoke it the way they do because they know there is a. I don't think there's any fan base as loyal and fervent as Tupac's fans across racial divides too. It does generational divides, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, racial mm-hmm. divides. I'm telling you, and that Tupac thing. That is the rabbit hole of all rabbit holes that I don't even feel qualified enough to 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 venture down just yet because woo when you go down that thing I mean to even to his death people think to this day that yeah. he's alive oh yeah I mean so that lets you know it's uh it's fascinating you no know, the the fan the fandom. Uh, around that and now I think Jesse wanted to tap into that to say you know I need fans like him and you heard the fans re- uh, reply when he said it when he said you know what I'm saying I'm the gay Tupac um, right they they ate it up with you know what I'm yeah. two spoons so uh, so that was the original take uh, anything you want to say before we get into the, no, the no, most I'm good. recent take no I so didn't. this is Charlemagne the guard again and this is uh, a few months ago speaking on uh, Jesse Smollett being the gay Tupac. My guy, former Empire star Jesse Smollett, a.k.a. the self-proclaimed gay Tupac. <laughs> gay Tupac is a great name because Jesse's career is as alive as Tupac is. <laughs> wow. Wow. It just depends what you believe. He could be alive. It could be alive. All right. Uh, Jesse is on trial for allegedly Jamal Lyon about a hate crime attack in 2019. Okay. If convicted, he could face up to three. For allegedly. What did he say? Jamal Lyon? For allegedly. Jamal, Jamal Lyon is, is his character on. Ah, uh, okay. I Which, let, me, let me stop while we stop here. Was very politicized. And very uh, demonizing of black men the way he was treated by his father. And I'll just leave it at that. But he was, he, even in that show, he was used as a political tool. <laughs> it just depends what you believe. He could be alive. It could be alive. All right. Uh, Jesse is on trial for allegedly Jamal Lyon about a hate crime attack in 2019. Okay. If convicted, he could face up to three years in prison. And I'm calling bullshit on that. All right, drop the charges, give him probation, but three years in prison? All right, this wasn't a hoax, just method acting gone wrong. Nah. All right? So what? He told a little white lie to the police. Who doesn't lie to the police? Y'all lie to the police? All right? And I can hear some of y'all now. Well, he didn't just lie to the police, he lied to the black community, maybe. But what don't lie to his community? Okay? Sometimes we make up shit for entertainment purposes, Nyla. Do I make up shit? All the time. All the time, okay? But for entertainment purposes, all right? Hey, Jussie, gay Tupac, keep your head up, all right? Now. Uh. All right, so you heard the crowd. Yeah, yeah. You know how that thing say, is it too soon? What, yeah. What are we, uh, 1996? So, yeah. uh, it's still too soon. 
to make a, a Tupac death joke. Yeah. Especially in the time that we live in where, you know, people are not even warm. They're still warm and people make jokes about them. Uh, but you don't you don't play with that Tupac name. Uh, so I just wanted to give that perspective of it. Yeah. Um, but so we didn't we have to ask the question. Is Jesse Smut? This, this is the point where we humanize. Jesse. Oh <laughs> man! All right, just, I I know where this is going. Okay. Uh, shit, is Mo! Jesse- shit, you did it again. <laughs> I, I, see, after seventy three episodes, now I I can see the end. Like I can see it just before it gets hit in the face. You guys haven't seen it yet, but I because I remember episodes, episodes, episodes. Okay, I know where this is. This is great. Man, ahead, man, this brings it full circle. Is Jesse Smollett the gay Tupac? Question mark 34. One morning, armed police stormed into Afeni Shakur's apartment and arrested her. All the other members of her cell were also arrested. They were charged with what the government said was a giant plan to destroy those elements of society which the defendants call the power structure. It included attacking police stations and planning to bomb five large department stores and the Bronx Botanical Gardens. They became known as the Panther 21. Their trial was held in a state of paranoia about further attacks by the Panthers. But it also caused a sensation when it was revealed that three of the founding members of the group had been undercover police officers. What was stranger was that some of those officers seemed to have been unaware that there were other undercover agents in the cell. Oh, man. Tupac's, Tupac's mom... Was a Black Panther. Was a Black Panther. So, wait a minute. Is there some, some system that takes radical parents and has them brainwash their kids into becoming activists i mean betty is it betty shakur and my is that her first name betty no Athene. Athene shakur Athene shakur with tupac mm-hmm. and then uh jussie's uh, mom what was her name uh what was her name once again uh anyway uh, uh i got got, got the notes same thing same, same panthers yes same people same panthers tupac tupac Whoa! And, and his mama's walking free, the same way as a Phoenix Shakur's walking free. So, wait a minute. How, yeah. how does this? Well, okay. We'll uh, we'll play the next clip. No, then no. I have some questions. No, I okay. Go, let's go ahead and get into let's get, get into number two. Time. Yeah, they were also the most active members of the group. We had to organize everything. One of the undercover agents explained at the trial, because everyone else in the group was off doing what they called their own shit. claimed that the group had been inspired by violent revolutionary propaganda and in particular by the film The Battle of Algiers made about the Algerian struggle against French colonialism They showed the film in the court Unlike all the other Panthers Afeni Shakur chose to defend herself and at the end of the trial she cross-examined the leading undercover agent he was the man she had suspected from the start, Yedwa Sudan. His real name was Ralph White. 
a journalist who was in the courtroom wrote a book that described what happened. She started by getting White to admit that really most of the inspiration for the plots came from the undercover agents. Not only had they continually pushed for the violence and suggested the targets, but they had also arranged to buy the dynamite of yet another undercover agent. They had also arranged for the cars to transport the dynamite. That really, the plot to attack America had been created and driven by the American authorities. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was a repeat. An exact repeat. The American government, probably some former members, the Obamas, all these people, they set it all up. And they used uh, Jussie and uh, and and pivoted off of uh, his mom's uh, affiliation with uh, Afini. She mm-hmm. might even just be a, a wannabe. Oh yeah, you know, Black Panther. Oh good, I'll, I'll get my son to be like his son, like her son. Yeah. So well, I mean, and and, and, but my other question is, as I said, that the the Panthers was full of uh, agents, agents. Yes. Yeah. So how's how's uh, Jeanette Smollett walking around free woman? Yeah, the same way uh, with Afeni Shakur. Now the story with Afeni Shakur. Now a lot of people are gonna get mad at me, but hey, it is what it is. Uh, eight month old, I mean, excuse me, eight month pregnant woman going against the the legal system, and she wins against I think that's like hundred and fifty something cases. I mean, uh, charges, and they beat them all. Yeah. Hoover, I mean, Hoover could find, I mean, Hoover could find so anything to get you on. I mean, we're this, okay, fast forward now. No, no, but I got what's, what's the What's the biggest thing? Lying to the FBI, right? Yep, Even yep. if you talk to yeah. them. <laughs> I got to ask you a question, though. Yes. Because this does beg the question about Tupac. Oh, you try to get my phone to ring, ain't you? Uh, no. For real, for real. <laughs> no, but uh, we don't. Yeah. No, obviously, we don't have to get into it, but it raises no, no, some but, significant questions. I want to point it out, not because I'm afraid to broach the subject, but I'm going to point back to the crowd when Charlemagne the God made the uh, yeah. guard made mm-hmm. the Tupac joke. Yeah, like th- this is for real. Like it's. I've seen people fight. We've seen whole coast. East Coast, West Coast beef, uh, people that didn't know Tupac or Biggie, uh, threaten each other, shoot each other, all around surrounding Tupac. And there, like I said, that Tupac rabbit hole, I went down it pre-internet. <laughs> I mean, because I mean, I mean, all the informa- information. I want to say pre-internet, but the early stages of the internet, that rabbit hole doesn't stop. Right, and because to be with, <laughs> yeah, you may you may not want to so... go down it, but 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 the the question it asks is, uh-huh. was Tupac's message the messages he was giving? Was it was he being nudged? It. it I'll say this: it's very fitting when you look at the crime bill that came in 1994. Oh my god. It's when, very fitting because Tupac. Cause we ninety six, right? He was didn't he, he was shot in ninety six. Yes, but he did he did this he did this pivot, um, that he was the you know the Black Panther you know the you know uh, radical mm-hmm. revolutionary. Then he went to a drug dealer thug. Right, right. With, with, and the thing was, he was signed to Interscope pre Death Row. 
See, everybody thinks he went to death row when, when he got into trouble and went to jail and they got him out. No, no, no. He was signed to uh um um death row and I mean, excuse me, Interscope, Interscope. and uh, what's the dude, what's the dude guy's name? Uh, Iovine. Uh, Jimmy Iovine. Yeah, he was signed to them in ninety one. Mm-hmm. Come right. on, now, like I said, I'm, I'm not afraid to broach that subject at all. But when you open that can of worms, everything starts to destabilize. The whole, you know, what was the plan with using Tupac and Biggie? Yeah. What were you saying? What like what was the impact to the crime bill? Like we took a guy, like I was a Tupac fan pre death row. And I was kind of very um I still like this music, but I was discouraged by the message change. It's like mm-hmm. one, you talking about your mom being a crack fiend and you know, right, the ills right, of drugs right, and right, everything right. on the community. Now you moving keys, you know what I'm saying, and you is you know saying this shoot other black people kind of thing and this and i'm gonna say this tupac believed that he was the characters that he was playing in movies mm-hmm. the same way maybe jussie smollett believed yeah. he was the character that he was playing on empire so i could say is he the gay tupac yes and it, it, what I'm gonna say this, and somebody. <laughs> yes. Do we even have to put the preface of gay Tupac in front of Tupac? No, just. I'm, Tupac. I'm just gonna leave yeah, it there. Yeah, yeah. Well, ta- I'm just gonna leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> so, but because wow. you know, I'm go- we're gonna get a lot of fan uh, letters on this one, but it is what it is. Because we're gonna go. Hey, pay attention to everything, and when I say everything, there's some damning information out here. Uh, well, but but what's interesting yeah. is being able to use this, as you say. I mean, what's stuck in my mind is the crime bill. Because, you know, usually when these things fail, the machine is still working. So the crime bill may still be coming. But maybe maybe the the, the new version of the crime bill is build back better. Because it, it is that. Yeah. OK, maybe. Yeah. What am I saying? Yeah. But we we don't have. So we had to we had to throw it over to black voting rights mm-hmm. because we, we don't have enough uh, lynching shit out there. Jesse failed. Mm-hmm. Bill fails. Well, they'll get pieces through, I'm sure. But. Huh. So that was the whole setup was Kamala for president. We get the lynching shit going. We get we get our version of the crime bill, which is not locking up, uh, locking people up yet. First, we let everybody go. <laughs> then we come back later and round them all up. Wait, no, no, not round them up. You're not going to be locked up. You're going to be locked in. That's the difference. <laughs> You're going to be locked in to cover your own home. We don't need mass prisons anymore. It's going to be like, where's your papers? Right. You know, that kind of thing. Right. <laughs> are, are you justified? I mean, now we got to look okay, at uh, yeah, Are you allowed to be score? on the street? Yep. Yep. We got exactly. the QR codes. We got the passport. We got the papers, please. Yes. Are you and, allowed to be on the street? It'll scan you from the, from the lamppost. And they're going to make black people beg for their own demise to say, you have to do something about this crime. And they're going to say, well, only thing we got is these robots over here. And these drones and people need to go check out and saying uh, one of my lives I did on, on this whole policing thing. The drones, all that footage they had on Rittenhouse. Yeah, that was the, quite the a thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm just saying like with this, it's, the apparatus is it, built. It's, it's become, you're it. so right because it's become so normal for us to say, oh, yes, oh yeah, I saw the drone footage. No one says, what the fuck? Drone footage? We got drones flying around these things? I mean, Yeah. Yeah, you're right. drones, ring doorbells. That's my favorite. The ring yeah. doorbells. That's that's the grid, man. That's that's Skynet right there. And just to go back to the crime bill for one second, thug. 
Tupac was synonymous with thug. Mm-hmm. And that was the whole purpose. Oh, thug, yes, thug thugs. Takes away from thuggy, which they use in the British and Indian situation to scare, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. uh, people into policy decisions mm-hmm. and saying, okay, the thuggies, they're going to come yep. get you, so yep. we need to do this in India. They want to do the same thing here. And remember, and we did all this. We did the thug thing with Obama saying thugs and getting shit yep. over it. Yeah. We did the work. <laughs> we did, Hell we yeah. We did the work. We did do the work. <laughs> all right. So with that said, I, I, and I know my inbox is filling up right now. I don't give a rat's ass. It is what it is. What you going to do to me? Hey, why don't you, um, if you, if you want to say something, then boost it. If you have a, cr- a criticism, then boost it <laughs> with some sats. Hey, that's, that's a great idea. Oh. <laughs> uh, so that's that's the, we have to ask the question: Is he the gay Tupac? So what we're gonna do now is this has been so much a heavy show with the lynching and things of that nature. We're gonna end on a light note, and this was pretty much the greatest take I heard on it uh, because it's so true. And this is a three part of uh, David Chappelle and his joke on Jesse Smollett. Just afraid of being attacked <laughs> happens to the best. Don't ever forget what happened to that French actor. You know what I'm talking about? Juicy Smouillet. He's a very French, very <laughs> famous French actor. <laughs> Y'all never heard of Juicy Smouillet? <laughs> Juicy Smouillet is an actor from France. And he became famous on a show called Empire. <laughs> One night, he was in Chicago late at night and was the victim. <laughs> he was the victim of a racist and homophobic attack. You see, Juicy Smouillet is gay and he is black, not just French. <laughs> this is, that is one of the most genius ways I've ever heard of someone approaching a, a topic like that, just by making it French. And that's why, we, why David Chappelle is so important and, and people like him. That once you de- disarm this, these narratives with humor, yeah. then you really can have you're saying a real conversation about it. And I know people may, you know, we take some of the heavy topics in a light way, but that's the disarming of it. So now we can have a real conversation. That's why, you know, a great way of introducing this show to other people. You know, you can have them listen, they laugh, and then you can have a conversation on the, on the back end of it. So yeah. let, you want to go ahead and get to the, uh, yeah. the second part? Yes, sir. Oh, it's a crazy story. Apparently, when he was walking down the street late at night, two white men came out of the shadows uh, with MAGA hats on, beat him up, tied a rope around his neck, called him all kinds of niggas, and, and put some bleach on him and ran off into the night. <laughs> this shit was like international news. And everybody was furious, especially in Hollywood. It's all over everybody's Twitter feed and Instagram page. Justice for Juicy and all this shit. (laughs) (laughs) The whole country was up in arms. He was talking about it all the time on the news. And and for some reason, 
African Americans, we were like oddly quiet. <laughs> we were so quiet about this shit that the gay community started accusing African American community of being homophobic for not supporting him. What they didn't understand is that we were supporting him with our silence. Because we understood that this nigga was clearly lying. <laughs> oh man, that was so good. So, and that's the thing. Everybody try to look the other way. Like, nah, we don't want to talk about Jesse. We don't because it gives a whole bunch of things a black eye that are close to us. Uh, one being. Tupac, two being lynching, uh, whatever, whichever order you want to have those in, um, and it's this thing like I don't, don't make me do it, juicy. You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't make me, uh, you know, call you a liar. But he just kept pushing. And Dave Chappelle timed this so perfectly with it, because that that balloon was just inflating. The don't talk about it, don't talk about it, don't talk, and he just popped it in such a perfect way. It was it was a a, a real cultural moment. Master comedian, master yeah. comedian. Yeah. Uh, I guess we can get into the final part uh, and the punchline of the joke. None of these details added up at all. He said he's walking down the street in Chicago and, and, and uh, white dudes come up to him and say, Hey, man, aren't you that faggot nigger from Empire? The <laughs> fuck? Does that sound like how white people talk? No white people. They don't talk like that. Are you that faggot nigga from Empire? They would never say that. It sounds like something that I would say. (laughs) (laughs) If you're racist and homophobic, you're not even gonna know who this nigga is. You can't watch Empire. Black people never feel sorry for the police, but this time we even felt sorry for the police. Can you imagine if you was a police veteran taking this kid's police report? Okay, Mr. Smoulier, please tell me what happened. <laughs> All right, you're 2 a.m. You left the house at 2 a.m. It's minus 16 degrees. <laughs> right. You're walking. You're walking. All right. <laughs> And, and where were you going? Subway. <laughs> Sandwiches? <laughs> That's when the men approach you? Did you see them? Do you have any? Okay, what, what do they have on? MAGA hats! <laughs> MAGA hats on in Chicago? <laughs> Excuse me one second, Mr. Smoot. Yeah. Frank, come here for a second. Find out where Kanye West was last night. (laughs) And that's the genius of Dave Chappelle. You can have a black man and a white man laughing just as hard at the same moment in the joke. It's beautiful. And a room full of people of all different backgrounds laughing at it, but it's it's more serious than... Uh, he's done more to heal the country than any politician in recent memory 
That and, shit heals, man. That's good. And where would I be without Juicy? So we love, we love <laughs> we, you, Juicy, we love, over here. Yeah, Juicy. <laughs> <laughs> we love you. Uh, so that's my take on uh, Juicy Smollett uh, uh, and, the, and the hoax that may have brought you more facts. Uh, and and I appreciate you. The hoax, the hoax that uh, protected us from actually having Kamala Harris as president. So we and, we have to be kind of thankful to Juicy. That's that. Let juicy free. Let the juice loose. <laughs> oh my God! Thanks, Mo. That was great. That was fantastic. And you know, once once you were bringing it back to uh, to Shakur, man, my my head exploded over here. My head, I got to get new headphones. The, the they don't clamp on my head anymore. So big an explosion. That was great. I'm glad you enjoyed it, and I hope all the uh, producers, family, or deadbeats you choose enjoyed it as well. Uh, and as I always say, pay attention to everything and the truth will reveal itself. And uh, we look forward to seeing you back here in two weeks' time for another edition of Mo Facts with Adam Curry. And just as a final thought, uh, I'd like to remind you to go to MoFacts.com and support us. And I have not heard this song for 39 years. I appreciate it. Talk to you next time, Mo. You know very well what you are. You're my sugar thing. Thank you.